1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Fransel Evans.
3: Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman.
0: Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- What up?
2: Fresh off the route, Fran. Um, thank yeah. you for blessing me with your presence. Shorts, <laughs> shorts on, hat on. Yeah. Looking fresh
3: off the runway. Yeah, How are man. you
2: doing, man? What's going
3: on? I'm doing good. The weather's beautiful. I had a chance to pull out my favorite combination of other day. What's the favorite? Which comp? is Talk shorts to me. and a hoodie. Oh, it's...
2: you know that's that's a tough one to beat. That's a tough one to beat. <laughs> shorts and a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I'm man. also I, I'm a big fan of like shorts and a flannel. Okay, yeah, that's but it. Like, yeah, open, yeah, yeah. like open, like oh, open, okay. because because you don't want to you want to let the breeze hit you where it in the, all the, the crucial spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So open flannel shorts. Yeah. That's a tough one to beat as well. Yeah, I man. love fall it's fall fashion. This like that's this. when I'm like my flyest, most sexy self.
3: Yeah, that but that's that's the only time I go shopping. It's like fall, yeah.
2: winter. What am I gonna wear tank tops? I don't give a shit <laughs> <of> what I'm <laughs> yeah. wearing in the summertime. Fucking put some basketball throw shorts on and call it a day. I thought white
3: t-shirt. On, that is oh it. my god. Summer I fashion. Stay
2: cool. Summer fashion is so trash. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah. at best you can wear some jeans sometimes, but sometimes yeah. you walk out and you're like, it's hot as it's shit. Hot I don't sh- I don't care how I look. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw on a shirt. And just live yeah. and exist. Yeah. But fall, man. Oh, I can yeah, pull out man. the pea coats and all oh, the fur line jackets and yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I was, the day, the first day, it was like 79 degrees. I broke all my beanies out. Yeah. I <laughs> was well, it it's beanie weather. It's beanie. You know, you know, I'm beanie yeah. man. Would you? Would you I'm yeah, beanie like a box. Yeah, like yeah. Box I keep them, yeah. I keep just, it's the beanie box. I keep yeah. the beanie box tucked in the in the closet. For emergencies. Yeah. Only break in case of emergencies. Right. The weather has to dip under like 81 for mm-hmm. me. It, it only has to be a slight breeze. <laughs> You're throwing I'm, a beanie on. Oh, I'm throwing the beanie yeah. on. I miss, I made some miscalculations because I took a trip to Philly this past week. Yeah. And while the weather was perfect, I forgot. Because I like Philly because it's like a big city. It, mm-hmm. You know, like the city of Philadelphia, the, the downtown city part is huge. Mm-hmm. So the weather was like 77 degrees. Okay. So I put on like... A seasonal outfit, mm-hmm. which was like a t-shirt, some some jeans, and a beanie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm 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 climate. I'm hitting with all the different. I'm I'm covering all the bases. Yeah. And then I brought a light jacket because I had some events at the at night. Okay. But when you're in the city, all those tall buildings, there is no real breeze. Mm-hmm. And then if the sun was out, mm-hmm. so then the sun's beating down on you. The air is stagnant, and so really in the sun, it was like 83 degrees. Mm-hmm. So when I really was trying to get in my bag and be on my uh Sex in the City shit and yeah. be, you know, walking around exploring yeah. the city and that sun's beating down on me yeah. and I got this beanie on. And I was a like a sweater too. And I'm a sweater as well. Yeah. So the so but I refused to take off the beanie for the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I committed to the beanie being a part of my look. Yeah. So I just had to ride it out.
3: Do you think do you think that's a thing for women do?
2: Oh, I am definitely think so. I think women, you know, make a choice when mm. they leave the house. And okay. it's like, well, I picked this to wear. So I just got to ride it so out. So if it started raining or whatever, I just got to deal. That's mm. what I I chose to. Now, they might bring a shawl or some other okay. kind of thing to layer up. But I think the instinct is, you no, know, the outfit has a yeah. certain kind of lay to yeah.
3: it. The reason why I ask, I think I know that's for every man. I know men is like, yeah. oh,
2: this, this is how I chose to came out of the going, house. Yeah,
3: this fit is going to stay I how put, it is.
2: I put a coat on <laughs> because I thought it was going to be. 57 and now it's like 68 Mm. which is not coat weather but this coat is awesome this coat has all kind of patches and shit on it and the patches match with my shoes Mm. men make really distinct because men can't, I I like how the world is going, men can get a little bit more fluid these days, you know you see men wearing like bags and different types of hats and shit like that but in the era that we grew up in men were very confined to a certain amount of box so the only places we could really get our Fashionista type of shit off Was like Oh you got a stripe In your shoe That matches the brim Of your hat Yeah And now Well I can't take the hat off Because then you don't See the vision Yeah But these days Men can wear They got like romp hems And all these type of stuff I have not crossed over Into the romp hem world What the hell is that Like the romper But for men I've seen it pulled off Where I'm like I oh, know I fuck with that Wait I what is a romper it. The romper's like The shorts and the top Is all one thing So you're in like A onesie basically
3: Well that's cool though
2: It is cool but I have not, you know, I'm thick, man. So I have not, you know, the thighs, the situation. I don't, I don't like too much thigh to be exposed, because you know, okay, it, it's just, it's just a lot, right? Mm. But I like that. I like the lay on it. I just haven't been bold enough to go into the romp him territory. But my yeah. point is, I remember when dudes were getting called gay for wearing pink shirts. Yeah, I like, I remember that. And even just, I would love to have that conversation one day when we're more prepared. Of like, how it's not hard at all to be a man, mm. right? But it's so hard to be, quote unquote, a man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you can't do anything, yeah. Around men, those yeah. type of guys. Oh, you got your toes out. You can't wear. You can't yeah. wear sandals. <laughs> you know, we used to work yeah. man. Listen, yeah. You had your toes out. I had my. You chose to you wear Chuck he- Taylors. Yeah. I wore the thong I wasn't known that I wasn't knowing that then uh, yeah, But we, we progress And we grow yeah, as, yeah, as people yeah. Right yeah. But at the time I was I was like Yeah no thong sandals Sandals they're yeah. comfortable And all kind of people Would come into the store And be like Are your toes out Yeah I'm on the guys I'd be like
3: Yeah you tripping I'm not <laughs> You, you buy yourself on that one
2: Got your piggies out yeah. Just out in public like this Man this is distasteful Right so it, But it's it goes so Eating yeah. bananas It's yeah. all kind of shit Where you're just like What the fuck Why do you have to live By these weird rules That like homophobia has implemented on society and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah man i remember how co- it was controversial that kanye west wore a pink polo yeah so much so that he was it was like part of a mini song lyrics of his like yeah that's right i am wearing a pink shirt so mm-hmm. like he had to make a statement about it so that's just so toxic man yeah so i think that uh in, in in summation of all the stuff i've been saying i think i'm gonna go to h H&M, and i'm gonna buy a romp him
3: with like a where was like a hoodie under it <laughs> what a, hoodie, no, uh, a romper, a romper is a is is a it's like a dicky th- type thing. No, I, yeah,
2: yeah, okay, yes, yeah, kind of. You, you don't see it? No, but not, but the dicky, but the dicky uh, like mechanics suit. Yeah, not not the oh, not okay. the dicky oh, pants okay, got you, got and the dicky uh, shirt.
3: Yeah, all one all thing. one thing. Got you. Okay, but then there's shorts. Oh, oh, see, I see now. Yeah, okay, so short okay. sleeve shirt and got then you. shorts. But you oh, just it's jump not, in. It's not a. It's not a it's not like pants. No, it's, it's shorts. Whole, oh, shorts. They make ones that are pants too. Yeah. But
2: it, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't look like a mechanic in it. Yeah. you It would have like some pastel type of situations on it. Very Miami. Hmm. I'm going to Miami in November. Yeah. I might hit them with a romp him. Just to say, fuck the patriarchy, man. I don't live by these rules. I'll eat a hot dog and the romp him. I'm just feeling like that in 2021, yeah. man. I'm sick of all this shit. I gotta. You can only make these small choices as a man, or in, in the stereotypical type of man. I can only match my shoes yeah. with uh, the the slight color hues in my sweatshirt, and that's, that's how, me. And that's me getting off. Yeah, that's
3: how it is with the with the, when the bag started coming in. When it first started, I was like, I don't know about that one because people you mean had like this over the side yeah, shoulder bag because some dudes had like, oh, uh, like it was like a purse, like it was like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. for my mom, yeah, I, it, look, yeah. it looked, it like, it, the, yeah, it was because the
2: because the fashion industry hadn't right. caught up in masses yeah. yet, yeah, so it was a lot of dudes that were just wearing like
3: girl purse, like bags. that's a purse, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but now it's like, like you said, the, the fashion industry caught up, so yeah, it, like, it looks more like man, this is tailored to, to a man's body, and, and it drops at a certain point, and for me, it's not going away. The, i love the bag i love the bag it's, it's convenient pockets. bro Yeah,
2: man. listen you don't have a weird square <laughs> yeah, in your pants and also sometimes if you're wearing certain kind of denims it makes a permanent imprint yes. of a wallet print in yes. your jeans yeah so no women had that right all along
3: man yeah. I, I, yeah. a
2: bag is super convenient yeah. you can put your gum in it you can have you can bring more things with you yeah i used to think it was cool I hate bulgy pockets though. i hate bulgy pockets bro and then i got the 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 key fob and all the keys I used to think it was kind of cool to have it hanging from your belt loop. It's not. Unless you have like oh, okay, a Lamborghini or something yeah. like that where you want people to know, yeah, you see the yeah. emblem. Well, you can
3: do that. No, I can't. don't oh, Audi is a nice car.
2: But no, but not like for me to have it on my belt loop <laughs> with my shirt tucked. Yeah, but you have like the leather thing on it. That looks cool. The, the, <laughs> no. The point is, if I were if I'm wearing a bag or some kind of satchel, yeah. I can put all that stuff in, the in there. Yeah, yeah. And then my pockets are free. I just can't, I can do kicks. Yeah. There's just more freedom, man. Yeah. I'm calling for more freedom in the way that men uh express themselves in their fashion. I agree. And and I, obviously, obviously there are certain men who have been doing this, and I and I've always always respected. I remember Les, friend of the show Les. Mm-hmm. I've watched him in so many transitional phases of his life. He's always been like. None of the toxic masculinity stuff of like, oh, I don't wear that. Like when I when I was wearing thong flip flops at work, he was it was like this was not any. He was like, I don't give a shit what people. I've been doing this my whole life. I'm Caribbean. So I don't even think about that. And then I remember when he started wearing like crop tops Mm -hmm. and long uh, dangly earrings and experimenting
3: with his hair. Just every step of the way, I kept going like, man, good for you, man, because I know where we're from. But it's 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 different and I and I mean like that's in a good way because for him to go, I don't give a shit what anybody That's like, you really need that. Right, right. And that's and that's and I love that. That's yeah. what I love about him, him just like I don't give a shit. Yeah. What? You a what? You
2: who, who are you? And yeah, then he exactly. just you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the big <laughs> that's the biggest part of it because one, if you know you look good, yeah, you feel good in it, then why would I give a shit with some closed minded person yeah. who's dusty by the way <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, who is, you look like trash. Like, you look, yeah. you're not styling in any way. You have no room to judge. At all. <laughs> so, why would I be like, oh, no, they don't like how I decided to wear my shirt today. Yeah. Why? W- it, you don't, you're not, you're a non-factor. You're yeah. irrelevant to anything that I'm trying to do. But you need to feel that in order to make those bold choices. Yeah. And so over the last couple of years, I've tried to borrow some of that from him and just be more comfortable in my own skin and also just go, well, if I like it, I don't really give a shit what anybody else yeah. thinks. And that's a real superpower that he has, and I appreciate it. So I'm going to, I think I might get a romp him to, uh, to hit Miami. I got to check it out. I got I to gotta look at him. Well, you got to see if it's for you. See, your thing is that you're built like the number one, yeah. so <laughs> it, it might look a weird in in all the spots gotta, for you.
3: I, I can't picture
2: it. The one me. thing I hear for like a lot of girls that wear rompers are like, I don't have the ass because my ass just looks flat in it because it just, it just hangs. Yeah. You might be in that predicament. That's not why. I don't, but I don't you don't, I'm saying, ass. but you're bony. Yeah. So it might just make you look like a diaper butt because it's just, it's all, it's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all fabric back there. You're not filling it out. We gotta get you in squats. Yeah. We
3: get you some squats, and then yours we, might be too tight though. That's true. You might out, have them biscuits. I'd be out
2: there looking juicy, yeah. man. I was, I was causing a distraction on Biscayne.
3: Yeah, you might, but you know how when you first popped open the cans, yeah, the uh-huh. thighs might look like that.
2: Okay, yeah, you, you, that was meant to hurt. <laughs> you said that that was in, that was intended to cause pain, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll move forward, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say I, I thought you meant biscuits like the cheeks. I didn't know uh-huh. you were saying like I was gonna be busting at the seams. <laughs> I'm not uh a monster, bro. I do. I do squats. My legs are big in an athletic way. She <laughs> <laughs> disrespect me like this, bro. This is our platform. I can't believe you just disrespecting me public joke, like that. I, no, I think it's I, the thing to heart, right? That hurt. That was thing, man. Sometimes <laughs> you know. Sometimes there's truth in jokes, and that was you know that hurt my soul a little bit. <laughs> R- you ain't called me
3: number one diaper butts. And all <laughs> I got. I got throw back. That's fair. At you. No, I earned
2: that one. No I, no, I did. I tried you a little bit. I I kept pushing. I, I cause you didn't. You didn't bite on the number one thing. I thought I was gonna get a bigger laugh from you, and you no. didn't. So I just was like, let me keep jabbing them. <laughs> And you came back with some real stinger. (laughs) You 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 came back with some real heat on that one. Um, (laughs) Anyway, to to touch back on uh, last week's episode, Fran, we had uh, some discussions before the discovery of Gabby Petito's body. We had a discussion about Gabby Petito's coverage and the way that the internet really galvanized around her. Mm. And that weekend, again, before the episode came out, I got reached out to by a woman who was writing an article for the New York Times. Mm. Her name was Katie Rossman. Um, we had an, we had like a five or 10 minute interview on the phone. And when I got off the phone, my biggest concern was I didn't want it to be some kind of cynical paper, like cynical piece about, well, why does, why do people give a shit about Gabby Petito? Mm -hmm. I was concerned because that wasn't my sentiment, but if, if that was the theme or the tone of the, of the article, my words would have been like extra poisonous and hurtful in the context of that. Mm -hmm but thankfully the article came out like that monday i that was i thought it was a first of all just a great article but really well balanced so the th- so my thoughts were like a counterpoint to other things that were also within the article it like covered all the bases mm. and um I, it was well received i did get a cup i got i got one or two like dms from people who i don't follow so it was like message requests mm. being like the timing of your words. Ooh. I read your uh, statements in the article in the New York Times, and and I was like, that was just poor timing. And my response to that, I wanted to wait. I, I didn't. Resp- I I told the when I what my response to anybody who said anything like that was, I stand by everything I said, but mm-hmm. I respect your opinion. Yeah, because that's the truth. I stand by everything I said on this podcast. I stand by everything I said in the, in that article, but I respect anybody's feelings of the timing and all that because I understand. Yeah, the timing is poor, especially since. I talked to that woman on Sunday Mm -hmm. before they even had discovered the body. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Right. They've discovered her body on Sunday, but it was later on in the day. Okay. So we hadn't even known that. I thought that she wasn't even going to put the article out. I thought like, Oh, bad timing. She probably won't even Mm -hmm. go through with the article, Mm -hmm. but then it came out on that Monday and she did. And um, so my response to that statement of the timing is yes. I mean, I could see how somebody could see the timing uh, could be, Poor, But we, we would be ignorant and foolish to think that there won't be another Gabby Petito type of case mm-hmm. in the immediate future that galvanizes the people and then we have this whole conversation again. Or we don't. And that's why I said what I said. Because this is going to keep happening. There's going to be keep, keep being uh, disparities in media coverage. There's going to keep being stories that aren't getting told because they don't pop the way certain ones do. Mm-hmm. So if you choose to not say anything because of timing and then the, the whole media cycle uh, you know, just washes away. You know, that's th- everything's cyclical. So eventually this is big. It goes away. And then the next thing happens and you choose not to use your words and your voice and your platform to say like, hey, listen, yes. I, I I feel I feel horrible for this girl's family, and I hope that they find her, and I hope that justice is brought to her family. But this is like, here here's a problem that's like a a historical consistent problem, with within the way the media is galvanizing around this story and not others. Mm-hmm. And if I was to go ah, that's kind of bad timing. So I'll shut up, and then I'll just keep shutting up every time something like this happens because yeah. of timing, and then nothing ever gets said. Right. So I think that. When is there ever good timing though? That as well. That's the big point. Is that like there's never a good time to bring this point up because no. it is. It's only if you don't want to hear it. that. But also if you're speaking like, oh well, what about the family? Like you're not like I'm. If, if whoever reached out to me wasn't in Gabby Petito's family, mm. right? So if I put myself in the shoes of like, if her dad read what I said, he might want to fight me. Yeah, he might be like fuck this guy. Why are you making about race or whatever like? I'm glad that my daughter's getting media coverage. But for you as a person who has no connection to Gabby Petito, I would ask you, why are you so upset about what I said about Gabby Petito that you decided to reach out to me in, in in a in a negative and aggressive way? Yeah. I think that's a question you should ask yourself. Yeah. Because if you're not consistently this invested in this, you know, re watching TikToks and doing your doing your own TikToks and all this type of thing, getting involved in the scooby doo mystery of it all, if you're not consistently doing that. Then why is it that in this case, not only are you super invested, but now you reach out to people who just bring up, I think, a valid
3: point. That's because there's there's no connection. You can't,
2: you can't, there's no relation to- And that's what makes them mad. Right. Because they don't want to, they don't, they don't want to think that they have any kind of internalized biases that would lead them to not give a, give care as much about somebody who doesn't look like them. But when you react that way, it's clear as day. It kind of, it kind of, it. If anything, it should make you check yourself. Where you go, why did what he said make me so mad? Yeah, you know. And again, I'm not saying that only people, white people, felt that way. It could have been people of color that are like, why are you making it about you know that? But my my point is because the Gabby Petito story took on such a, it became it became massive, mm. right? So when something becomes massive like that, now you live outside of the context of race and 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 class and all that stuff because then just casual people who oh this just popped up on my Facebook feed I don't have any interest in true crime I don't I'm not in this world at all but this hit me Mm. so I am invested because it's like an interesting story yeah but the my, my my point and and so many people's points that have been making this point in all kind of media publications is that's the machine at work the machine being at work and being able to put that many eyes on a case and help people and galvanize people that way—you—that's how you pull in casual people who don't have any kind of investments or pr- preferences or anything like that. They just my feed is never true crime, mm-hmm. but today it is because yeah. of Gabby Petito. That's how much of the—that's how much the machine spread is that I saw people talking about this shit who don't who only talk about sports, mm. men who don't get interest don't involve don't get involved in these kinds of things at all. We're invested in looking into the stories and sharing things. That's the machine at work. And all people are trying to say is it would be nice if that machine got put to work more often for people who looked different than what the majority of society deems as like an acceptable or, or relatable face. Yeah, And that was my only point. That was our only point in the discussion that we had last week. And, you know, if, if, if it triggered some people or rubbed some people the wrong way, I respect your feelings. But I stand by everything that I said. Yeah. I think that you feel the same way about what you said.
3: Yeah. Okay. I haven't taken back anything I said. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I kind of want to speak on just the uh the stuff we got in the mail the other day. I didn't bring it up on the live or whatever. So I just want to bring it up oh. on the podcast. Um So I love this podcast as far as you know us speaking how we feel and not knowing things and then saying it and then going, somebody going, hey, you know, in a, a nice way. Yes. Going, hey, I think you should rethink what you said or look at it from this perspective. Sure. So shout out to, I believe her name was Cole. Uh, she sent me a nice card and a picture. Um, the meaning of the picture was like growth. It was like a hand. It was like a... Uh, like some soil and a leaf a coming and out, leaf out of the... Coming the out. Yeah, so, send me that. so shout out to her. Um, there's no hard feelings. I don't want people to think that there was hard feelings. Now I'm. It's it was, was that good, the person who yeah, said yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I believe so. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now so, you gotta
2: lead with that, man. Yeah. you gotta lead with that. I didn't know. I
3: didn't well, know she. That. This is. This is. I mean. I, mean I didn't I'm know. I didn't everything. know this
2: was the person that had like. Like lambasted you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was that person. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. That's really okay. Wow. Yeah, that's so really mature her. and adult. Yes. and I, that's
3: awesome. Yeah. So I just, that's why I say I love this podcast, and we I love all the listeners, and I thought that was super dope for her to reach out and and apologize, and just want to say there was no hard feelings. And i not don't hate anybody. It was just absolutely. Sh- shit happens, and then you you talk about it, and you get past it, and that's and that's what he, happened. here's here's
2: what I think the beauty of this podcast is. A lot of the spaces that we've created is, mm. is that. I think that there's room for a passion and a fire yeah. for something that you believe in. And somebody's coming at you from a position of what you believe is opposition. Yeah. But in that moment, if you can just follow the thread and get to the end of the conversation with that person, you might be surprised at the outcome. Mm. Now, sometimes the outcome is, well, fuck you and fuck it. Sometimes it can go that way. Yeah. Sometimes it goes that way. I like to hope that the community I've now I've seen very few signs that it isn't this. I like to hope that our community that we're fostering and building through this podcast is a is a is a group of people who go, "Ah, I don't I don't agree with you, but God bless. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and disengage from the conversation because we're not really getting anywhere anymore. Like adults, I understand that we live in an internet age and it's about, oh, I got you owned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to ooh screenshot it and show look how stupid I made this person look about their point. I understand that that's the world that we live in, but I just want to say as often as possible on these microphones and in the Facebook group and on Instagram and on Twitter is that I want to combat that. I want context to matter again. I want people to be able to say something and then it not be just pulled of the one thing that they said, what yeah. it was the totality. That's of so easy said. to do. It's so easy to do, bro. Yeah. It's so easy to just pull the little three words out here. And it's like, well, what was the whole conversation right. about? I want that to matter again. I want public discourse to matter again. I want people to be able to have a conversation and have disagreements. But you know what, what people so underrated a lot of the times in disagreements is that I would bet, I don't know the p- the percent. I can't put a percentage on it, but a lot of the times, no matter how stubborn you are, if you follow an, a, a disagreement through to the end as an adult, you'll change your thought even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because within your argument you're making to that person, you might hear the stupidity when it's when it's when it's spit out fully. And yeah. you go, okay, well, no, that doesn't make sense. Let me tweak. Let me tweak that. Let me pull a bit of what they said back to me, even though I gave them no, no credit. Yeah. Because I disagree with them. But that part they said was a good point. So let me take that and then boom, let me switch it here, and just now I've found a new perspective on basically the same thought. And that's how people grow. That's how society grows. Mm -hmm. Society wasn't built by a bunch of people who were all like, no, man, that's a great idea. I think planes should have four wings nobody's sitting in the front we should fly the plane from the back it was it was it was a it was people going like no no cut that off drop yeah. this we should put the seats here the seats should be built like this i disagree with that I think it should be made out of metal or yeah. no I think it should be made out of plastic you know like it it's a bunch of people disagreeing until they have a finished product yeah that's what society is and that's how it functions the best not these echo chambers where it's like Man I hate bread Yeah bread is trash And everybody in the thing Hates bread Yeah Come on man What if <laughs> What do we How do we How do you advance If yeah. everybody just agrees With everything that you say All the time I think that's a shitty world To live in How do you progress If every everything that you say Is right Yeah Even if it's not Because it's opinion Every opinion that you have Is right You know that that's not true Yeah Like you <laughs> But you But people would rather Live in a world where it is Yeah And so they pick Their own little world
3: but So That's not an
2: opinion anymore Now it's not an opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's not an opinion anymore. And that's how we find ourselves in the world that we're in today. Yep. You know, where it's like nothing's fact-based anymore. It's just like, well, everybody that I know thinks that this is the truth. Yeah. So then it's the truth then. Yep. And I would like to combat that. And so I think that we've, we're building a platform that is trying to allow for public discourse and disagreements and, Again, I didn't know that your story ended in the person because when we were on Instagram live, I I just thought somebody I didn't know the context of the flower. I was like, oh, art. I didn't. And then I asked you, like, is it something to do with the flower? Is that a metaphor? You were like, I guess I don't know. So I was like, okay, I guess they just made you some art. And then you were like, yeah, no, actually, yeah, it is this metaphorical. I well, now not you I didn't, didn't want to talk about it on the line. Sure, so I, I get like, it because it was you still absorbing it yeah, and everything yeah. like that. But now today, after hearing the
3: context, now of like this was
2: a person I got into. Not even you didn't say. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but, like, but she knew it, I saw it though. She yes. knew I,
3: and because I, I mentioned it on the next podcast yes. or whatever. So So, um, like I said, she she sent me the picture and it, was, it symbolizes growth. Yes, for both of us. To yes. Go. Okay, what I said was that she didn't agree with. I should have looked at this and same thing for her. So I was like, I thought that was super dope for her to do that. She didn't have to do that. She didn't have to do that. So I thought I just, I was was just saying shout out to her and there's no hard feelings and I did receive the car and the art. The art was beautiful and the car was beautiful. Awesome. Yeah.
2: Um, One last thing on the Gabby Gabby Petito story though. Uh, Brian Laundrie is still currently at large. I am of the belief that Brian Laundrie is at the bottom of a lake somewhere or hanging from a tree. I think that he went off and killed himself. Oh, okay. For him to not, he's not... Uh, John Wick. This is his parents ran off too. Is no, that his true? parents are in custody. His oh, parents are cooperating with the. Pol- with oh, the but FBI they were saying that like, well, dude, they was- they they had locked every. They weren't they weren't being cooperative. Oh, Okay, but now they are. They raided the house. There's a warrant out for his arrest. And this guy, they said he has some experience like camping, hmm. but like we've already established, there's the full force of like the FBI and and every local. Agency is looking for Brian Laundry and they can't find him. So oh, I think it's hard to believe me. What they just don't know where he's at. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think <laughs> that he is either at the bottom of a lake somewhere, or he went off into a little cave that he knows about or something mm. and killed himself. I, I really think that that's how this story ends because I refuse to believe that he just like found a little loophole, escaped to Mexico yeah. on the back of a truck or something. Like I think that he's been missing for so many days at this point that he isn't alive. Mm. Now, whether or not they find his body is still up. You know, this could be one of those stories where we look back in 15 years and the Gabby, the anniversary of the Gabby, Gabby Petito case and Brian Laundrie was just never found again. But That'd I be still believe I would, I would still believe 15 years from now. Like, yeah, I think that dude's like dead somewhere and they find his bones or something. Mm. I, I just, I just find it hard to believe that he
3: he's eluding the well.
2: FBI. This twenty-three-year-old dude from Florida or whatever is like uh, John, Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's not Jason Bourne. His parents know where he You think? Yeah. You think oh, they're still geez. keeping something close to the vest yeah, like that? Yeah, man. I don't know what their resources situation is. If they were able, if they could have been able to like put him on a plane and get him out of the country when they when they could tell things they were know going south. I don't know, man. But you know, prayers to Gabby Petito's family. Um, I think that is sad the way that it um, played out. Yeah, they said the cause of death yet no homicide. I mean, they don't I know. Mean, they okay. don't. I don't I, if they have again, I haven't been reading every oh, okay. uh, every minute to minute detail, but I know that they ruled the cause of death to be death to be homicide. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know. They. I don't know if they said like strangulation or something like. that. I don't know what the specifics were, but they ruled the cause of death to be homicide, and then they issued a warrant for the arrest of uh, Brian Laundry. So. Rest in peace to Gabby Petito, man. Again, I meant no offense to her or her family by my words, but I stand by everything that I said. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into these shout outs before we take a quick break. All right, guys, it's time for a shout out. We are... I think four episodes now. I don't even know what episode we're on right now, but we're, I think we're around four episodes away from episode 200. The emails have been coming in. They have been so heartwarming and making us feel fantastic. I can't wait to read them and find out what kind of format we're going to do for episode 200. So, guys, again, it's AffirmativeMurder at gmail.com. Keep those emails coming. We appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And here we go. Starting off with, we have Brandy L., shout out to brandy l thank you brandy for the support and you're an awesome person and thank you very much and that's it <laughs> <laughs> short list this week yeah <laughs> but shout out to brandy l thank you very much to the support and thank you to everybody else on the patreon who shows us awesome support uh, fran uh, it's about that time we're gonna take a quick break yeah and when we come back i think it's your turn to tell us some fucked up shit so stick around
1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current Tech.
2: Fran, before I pass things over to you, I just yeah. want to quickly say, uh, in the you know, in while we were in the mix of talking about uh, the Gabby Petito case and everything, I wanted to, before you jump into your story, I want to say rest in peace to Jelani Day. Another yeah. story that got a lot of attention. Uh, This past week, kind of in response to all the attention Gabby was getting, Mm. Uh, Billy and Paul did a great episode on his story and covered it uh, on on the murder squad, either this past week or the week before. So I would suggest people go check that out to get all the details that they were able to find. But uh, his body was identified. And so I just want to say rest in peace to Jelani Day. But again, in these situations, the one of the one of the best outcomes you can hope for, other than somebody being found alive, is being found and being able to be grieved and mourned and buried and said goodbye to properly. So Jelani's family gets that. Still a tragic story, but there's so many people that have just never been found. So you got to find the silver linings where you can. Anyway, rest in peace to Jelani. friend. take it away.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> so my uh, heard murder this week is about the, um, the disappearance of Shamika Cozy. Um, so I got this article from ABC News. This was written of uh, July twenty third of what year we in twenty one? Yes. This is in nineteen, twenty nineteen. Okay. So this is this is not new what the article I'm about to read and what's going on now that's happening right now. This is not new. This article was two years before this, but this, you know, like as I'm my point is like this media the you know, black fame is not getting media attention or I mean media attention. Um it's not new. It's always been this mm-hmm. way. Yeah. But Again, um, so here we go. So the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children based in Washington, D.C. is the most important agency in in the country when it comes to tackling missing persons cases. Its director says that when it comes to finding missing Americans, there's a color problem. Robert Lowry, who leads the center, told ABC News that roughly 800,000 Americans go missing each year. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: Now- A lot of times, people, a lot of that number do it. There are a lot of them are runaways. Yeah. But so the the, the number, the number number drops when you talk about people that are still missing and violent crimes and that stuff. But still, eight hundred thousand Amber Alerts
3: and all that kind of stuff. That's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. Yes. Uh, So about sixty percent of the reports that we see here in the U.S. that go in those data and in those databases are people of color. He said sixty percent. Sixty percent. That's that's crazy, man.
2: And almost 40% are like specifically black. Yeah. I think it's like 37% because the 60 in- includes like, you know, indigenous people, the, oh, okay, gotcha. Asian oh, people. Oh, color, yeah, 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 yeah Just yeah, people of yeah, color in yeah, general. Yeah. But like 37% are specifically black people. Yeah. And we only make well, it's up still more like 13% than, yeah, of it's the still country. More
3: than, it's still more than half. And yeah. then the 30, it's still more than half of that.
2: Yes. That's <laughs> yes. It's like, a, yes, a large portion yeah. for people to be, for a people who are fourteen percent of the country, yeah, to make up thirty-seven percent of the people that go missing every year is,
3: is, is pretty alarming. Yeah. Um, again, so he said about sixty percent of the reports that we're, that we see in the U.S. Uh, that go into databases are people of color. He said, I think it really breaks a lot of commonly held thoughts on who we really, who are really the missing children in the U.S. Missing black Americans are overrepresented in the number and the total number of missing people in the U.S. despite making up only 13 percent of the total U.S. population. More than 30 percent of all missing persons were black in 2018, according to the U.S. Census, Census Bureau. Only about one fifth of those cases are covered by the news, according to an analysis published in the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology. Black families searching for missing relatives say that say that their missing loved ones are more likely to be labeled as runaways and that they are somehow not worth the focus of the of the police or the media. And Paula Cozy Hill says um, this is what happened to her daughter. So her daughter, Shamika Cozy, disappeared without a trace just a few days after Christmas in 2008. On December 28th, that was the last day I had seen her and it was a normal day, Hill told ABC News. Hill said her daughter had been watching movies with her cousin on that day. But when everyone woke up the next morning, she was gone. At the time, police believed that because the door to the family's home just outside of St. Louis, Missouri was unlocked, Shamika must have run away. They made it seem like she was like a, a baby or something. Yeah. How old was she? uh i didn't i didn't say yet okay it comes up but it, it doesn't but the, the
2: the assumption by the authorities was the door was unlocked the door was so unlocked. she just got out so
3: she like a, like she a was runaway. a cat
2: or something yeah that also that also is like subliminally a shot at her family as if like she was escaping from you yeah you know so that's kind of gross yeah i don't know any way to take that that's not gross like, yeah, your daughter probably like, just escaped. She ran away from home since you left the door unlocked.
3: Yeah. So, but you know, I don't I actually, I don't think her age came up, but she was, you know, she was a teenager. She wasn't three. She was a teenager, right? right yeah, yeah. So that, a, ch- that was my question. A, yeah, 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 she wasn't yeah. a child. Yeah. Who was like, oh, the door's open. I'm a, I am can go open. I can just run now. Like, yeah. No. Um. Yeah, so they said that because of the door to the family's house, um, home just outside of St. Louis, Missouri, was unlocked, Shimika must have run away. For this reason, they ultimately chose not to launch a surgery for the t- for the team.
2: Oh, wow. Went that far.
3: Because I yeah. could understand a, a detective going, well, there's no signs of forced entry. The I door is like, unlocked. Is that like 48 hours or something? Is that it? 24 hours or something?
2: I don't know the numbers on like how long they have to give it before they can. But I'm just saying like the police show up and they go, well, the door is unlocked. So they must have left on their own. So there's no investigation to do. I don't know. She'll come back. You know, I, I didn't yeah. think it was going to go that far. I, I could see somebody... Because you got to cover all the bases. Yeah. Right? You come to a house and none of the windows are broken, but there's stuff gone from inside the house. You go, okay, this was an inside job. Mm. Somebody had a key. Somebody was let in, something. I understand the assumptions you come to. So if you if you come to a house where a kid's missing and nothing's broken, the windows aren't broken and the doors unlock, you go, oh, well, the kid must have walked out of the front door. Yeah. But that doesn't mean nothing bad happened. And so you're saying they went... Oh, it's no investigation. I mean, they yeah, they left
3: sure, she's probably run away. And yeah. I'm sure that had to, they had to go like, we can't do it now because of the time. it has to be. I know they have to wait. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm just seventy two whatever yeah, it is. Like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. They're not doing anything because they think she had gone um on her own. He'll recall tearfully. I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to turn to. Local news anchor and reporter chadre uh, thomas uh, produced. A podcast that documents forgotten cases of missing Black Americans called "Intrigued Full Effect."
2: Mm, intrigued Full Effect.
3: Yeah, Thomas told ABC News that Shamika Cozy's story was different, and that she just vanished without a trace. Her belongings, her overnight bags, were still left on the on the counter in the house on the counter in the house, and she was never seen again. She explained. Thomas agrees that police and the press often dismiss Black cases as runaways. It has been difficult. To get some of these stories told um, as it comes to missing people of, of color, cold cases involving people of color. And I felt like if I can do my part as far as having this podcast, I can tell any story I want about whoever I want. And for however long I want, Thomas explained. Major Art Jackson, a black police officer at the Berkeley station at the Berkeley police station that investigated Cozy's case, said there was no evidence to support a physical search. This is one of the hardest things to investigate is a missing person, especially especially if a person is missing with, like I said, with no signs of anything, just voluntary walks away. If a person is missing, they've been kidnapped or anything like that. You're going to have signs of struggle. You're going to have things to go by to help you put the pieces um, of the puzzle together. So in reality, sometimes law enforcement and sometimes media will think, hey, that person did it voluntarily. So that's on them. Sure. It's fucked up.
2: That's really fucked up yeah. because
3: so if the, there's no signs it's like oh they it, it was them. They yeah. they did it on their own. But
2: that's, that's like, such a for this this to be a story from 2018 or 19 that's such an archaic way of thinking. Yeah, she just dis-
3: yeah, so she disappeared in 2008. Yeah. Yeah,
2: 2000 she disappeared in 2008. Yeah. Okay, the, that's a big. The, t- article so was the 2018. Okay, that's a big difference. Speaking so I'm going to speak from today. Today, in today's society, that's an archaic way to think because we've seen the the Dateline stories, we've seen Catfish, we've seen uh, the Centauria Brown story of her being sex trafficked by her boyfriend who was also her pimp or the whole complicated thing of that story to where you can be groomed and manipulated into going with somebody that you think cares about you or you have fun with or whatever. Mm. And then once you're in their web, you can't escape from them. So you might walk out of the house on your own because you've been talking to this person online for a year and you think they're your boyfriend or your girlfriend Mm. or your best friend. And you're going to go on a trip to Colorado or whatever. And then once you get in a car with them, they lock the doors and you belong to them now. So this idea that like, Oh, if you're, if, if somebody was kidnapped then there'd be broken chairs and windows and a sign of a struggle, No, sometimes they just can just go with somebody that they trust and then shit can go sideways. Yeah. that's I feel like that happens so often in sex trafficking stories where it's just like, oh, I thought this person was my boyfriend because we talked on Twitter. Or I thought this person was whatever because we talked on Instagram for, you know, six months. And Mm -hmm. so I decided to go and meet them. So I did walk out of the house. I got on a bus. Yeah. I caught an Uber. I did all... You can find my... My history looks like a... bunch. If you look at my, like transactional history over the last uh 20 hours before i went missing it was like yeah got in an uber bought a drink went to a restaurant and then i just disappeared off the face of the earth yeah because that's when the shit went sideways you know up until the person pulls off the mask and they turn out to be a villain yeah everything looks very consensual and like i'm making decisions yeah but so it doesn't mean like oh because i went missing but i there's no sign of a struggle like oh they must have just run away and they're fine and just i don't know
3: they'll be back yeah so in the past few years, there have been dozens of missing missing persons cases with massive and hopeful search um, efforts on the ground and in the news. The common thread among these cases is that those who are missing are white. On the same day that 17-year-old Caitlin um, Frisner went missing from Florida in 2017, 14-year-old Yania Javon Carter went missing under similar circumstances just outside Atlanta. Yania, however did not get half the attention from the media or the police that Caitlyn did. So that's a perfect example for two people um, to go missing. Yeah. And then you see one of them blasted all on, on the news and the other one, people don't even know anything about.
2: Yes. And I just want to make two points on that before you jump forward. Is that one, we're not, I want to make sure that we're being clear in the, this stance that people have made, like I saw Joy, Joy Ann Reed echo a lot of the same things that we said on our small platform. But we're not saying, like, hey, man, fuck those white people. Y'all should be about, paying attention. No. We're saying no. pay attention to everybody the same way. We're just asking for like equity in the way that these resources are being used. We're not saying like stop paying attention to these people and pay attention to these people. That's not what's being said. That's well, both one. stores. Yes. And so that's for one. And for two, A lot of the, um, in the New York Post, they spoke to somebody who was like a TikTok influencer who's been covering the story or whatever. And she said, well, I just feel like because Gabby has an internet presence, that's why people have gravitated towards the story so much because they can like follow along and find her YouTubes and stuff like that. Where we're finding it in this situation, the two cases you named, they're just two similar cases. So it's not like, oh, uh, the world was pulled in on the Gabby Petito story just because she was a van life vlogger it's not like oh that's
3: the that's what made it so
2: unique that it blasted across the whole country
3: but they make it when when you hear that they make it seem like they knew them because they had this this microscope or whatever you want to say into their life on a daily basis they kind of make it they make it seem like they knew them on a personal type of status when you just it was just social media or youtube or whatever yeah so it it seemed like they go well That's somebody I have some type of connection with. Yeah. So that's why it got so much media attention with all these people.
2: But also it's 2021 and like everybody has videos and pictures and and TikToks and stuff. So this idea that like, oh, well, she had this level of insight into her life that nobody, you know, like that nobody else has where. No, it's like you could if you if you magnify into any of these people's stories, you'll find videos of them hanging out with their family or doing trips and stuff. That's the world that we live in. So I didn't understand I'm not trying to come at the person who said that because I think they really believe it. Yeah. That's their way of like rationalizing not, Oh, I'm not like, I don't have my own internalized racial biases. That's not what it is. The thing is that she has a social media presence,
3: but I understand that her take on that and in a different circumstance, other than it being compared to an African-American girl, not being, not getting media attention. Now, if it was just like, if we was just talking about just, just talking this, about Gabby Petito, that makes yes, sense. I agree. I it's that. like, right. Yes. Oh my right. God. You can yeah. just,
2: you can, you can do your own research right. and you can find, but to say the reason that, yeah. that, that this story blew up and not, and yeah, not I'm other not, stories not is because she has a YouTube account yeah. is like, all right, man, well, we're doing a lot of gymnastics to not say Gabby's like a, a pretty young white girl. Yeah. That, that, and that, and, and, and again, I'm not, I don't want it to come off as an attack, mm. but when you say this and you bring up two different situations and you go, Everything about these situations were very similar, except this girl was black and this girl was white. And the, the media coverage was not, like, nearly
3: the same yeah. at all. I just think it's a lot of people just trying to tippy-toe around what's really, like, what's really going on. Like, well, that's this country. I Yeah, the, but I mean, Everything like, don't, about the United States is
2: put a Band-Aid over it, don't talk about it, move on. It's the elephant in the room. It's an uncomfortable conversation, so let's yeah, not have it. But like, it's
3: like, but I mean, like, the... Turn a blind eye to it. It's just so it's so obvious, and it's like,
2: and it just keeps coming just, up. Yeah, it's just gonna keep. When you turn a blind eye to it, when you don't address it, when you don't try to make changes to situations that have a systemic longevity, they're just gonna keep happening. Yeah, you know, there's gonna be another Lacey Peterson or Casey Anthony. So these things they keep, they're going to keep happening, and that's why again, like I said, I couldn't just go like, oh, it's like really bad timing, so I'm yeah. just not gonna say anything.
3: Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but yeah. we already know, like, and not even just like the media attention is just you got documentaries that come out yeah. after that, and Chris Watts got a whole fucking media, oh, media storm, whole that, and then it had a whole documentary that came out. Yeah, probably gonna be the same thing with once the once they figure out what happened, it's gonna be some type of somebody's Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Documentary, yeah, documentary. yeah. But uh, again, like those two cases, I just, I just, I just brought up. Uh, one was white, one was black. One of the the white. The, the white girl had more media attention than the black girl. Fortunately, both girls were found safe. Caitlin was found with a 27-year-old soccer coach and family friend who was sentenced to 18 months in jail for taking the child away and is now serving time. Carter was found with police, with, with police say was a 19-year-old boyfriend and he was not charged.
2: Both of those cases are exactly what I just described. Yeah. And also, I just want to add, 2008, there was social media. Yeah. So my what I said still applies. I thought because of when you said it wasn't, the article came out in 2018, 19, but the stories from 2008, I was like, oh, that's like pre. Now, obviously, social media has evolved a lot in a decade. Yeah. But 2008, there was still MySpace and, mm-hmm. and Facebook and, and ways that people were talking, chat rooms. It was still news. It was, it was still, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> there was still, <laughs> TV. yeah, there was, but I'm just talking about as far as social Oh, Inter- gotcha. interconnecting and okay. meeting people online and stuff because I'm I mean I as you said so- soccer coach but yeah. they were talking to each other through fu- you know they couldn't go out to fucking Cold Stone Creamery together yeah so they had to talk to each other through phones and messages and stuff mm-hmm. and that's why you can get a story where somebody the door is unlocked and they're just gone yeah because they're with somebody that they thought they could trust now thankfully in these two scenarios that you just described they were with people even though statutory rape is in play and all kind of grooming and gross shit they didn't they came out unharmed physically. Yeah. So that's always a blessing. But they were with somebody that they knew and
3: had built this thing with and left of their own volition. Yep. So when uh, Mariah Woods, a three-year-old white girl, went missing in Jacksonville, North Carolina, at least two black children in the neighboring county were also missing. But only Mariah had more than 700 people searching on foot and coverage in 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 the nation's news media. Because the number of missing black Americans are so high... It's hard to find an instance where where a black case hasn't been ignored. Mm. So Nat- Natalie and Derica Wilson run an online search agency called the Black and Missing Foundation. Yes. Which helps search. Speci- you heard that before? Yeah. I mentioned okay. them Last week. OK. Which helps search specifically for missing black and Hispanic children. There are so many families of color who are desperately searching for their missing loved ones, and they are just asking for just one second or a couple of seconds of media coverage, and it could change the narrative for them, Natalie Wilson said. And that's just, that's sad to see like somebody begging to be like, give me like a minute. Yeah, so I can explain to you the, dis- yes. the disparities that are happening and how you can
2: help change it. Yeah. Also, or just my child, or, or my just, family. Member. Yeah, or just your child. Yeah. But it is it their 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 foundation is important because it gives an outlet to these people who are going through this, a network to reach out to that will push their help, case yeah. out to more people. Yeah. So I encourage people to go follow the Black and Missing Foundation's Instagram and just follow their works in general. But if you follow their Instagram, they post. Missing flyers on their Instagram every day, okay. and then they post updates it will be like sad news or oh, wow. found yeah. safely or whatever. Like they post updates of these missing flyers. Oh, I see as well. you repost
3: some, Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I, right.
2: I follow missing. I follow Black and Missing Foundation. Um, uh, I, I I follow a couple of the indigenous women's um groups that share news about what's happening in uh, Indian country. You know, and try to share whatever whatever ones I can. The the difficulty is that we're we're like I don't know like. I don't, I don't like the word brand, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like people respect us and respect what we're saying, but like, I'm not trying to misrepresent us as these two people who are out here doing all this work to find people because yeah. we aren't, all we're doing is trying to spread awareness where we can, yeah. but I don't want to misrepresent us as some somebody that's doing more than we are. Yeah. I mean, so we're helping just get getting it out there for other eyes to see. I believe that and I do think that I understand that when you have a platform how to big, no matter how big or small using it to spread awareness is important but I never want to be some person who's speaking louder than I'm moving.
3: Like you got boots on the
1: ground. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm out, out here in the woods yeah, yeah. with a flashlight and yeah. stuff so
2: I'm I'm never trying to like over extend myself into worlds where I'm not adapt I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm not they don't know me they would they know that I'm not at the meetings yeah. the Black and Missing Foundation women know like oh I don't want them I don't want to ever come off come I don't ever want it to come across like I'm being like and you know we are doing everything we can yeah. to find such and such and then they are like you're not I never seen you out here right. we don't know you right she doesn't go here you know what I'm saying so I'm not ever trying to misrepresent ourselves that yeah. way but I try to sp- spread awareness however I can
3: right so Derek Wilson added, we also understand that the decision makers don't look don't look like us. And so these cases are not sensitive enough where they want they want to air it. Parents and loved ones of missing black children met with ABC News in Washington, D.C. where they where they said that they would take a fraction of the compassion and attention that has gone to families of Nat- Natalie Holloway, um, Elizabeth Elizabeth Smart, Lacey Peterson, and so many others. Terrence Woods Whose whose son Terrence Woods Jr. is missing called it depressing to see white kids in the in the majority of missing children stories covered by black by black reporters. Now again, I I don't
2: want to keep beating a dead horse, but I feel like there are people who could hear those words, and and think that somebody's saying, "Why do it? Does anybody give a shit about Natalie Holloway, Elizabeth Smart, or Lacey Peterson?" That's not what's being said. Hmm. What this father is saying about his child being missing and nobody, no national media stations or anything or news publications are paying paid attention to his son. So he didn't have the resources that may have helped him find his son faster. What he's saying is, I wish they also cared about my son like that. Yeah. Not I don't care. Not like, oh, what's the big deal? Who gives a shit about her? My son. It's like, no, I wish that they cared about my son the way they cared about people that look like that. Not don't care about people that look like that. Care about people that look like me. Yeah, that's not what's being said. Yeah. and I just feel like I keep having to reiterate that every time there's some very passionate point being made by somebody whose child is missing. Yeah, because I don't want their words to be misconstrued.
3: Yeah, and they can't—they can't fault the black reporters for that because like
2: they don't have—they're the just pool. there to do their job. Yeah, they don't have the pool to be yeah. like, I'm, "I'm not." I want to talk about this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Nobody—the people who, with the microphone—is the last person you should be. Uh, sending your complaints to they're just here doing the job reporting on the story that they were told to report on
3: yeah so i uh he says i know i know many missing missing people of color that i know how many missing people of color that are missing wood said i would say well does he do his homework to talk about us tony jacobs whose daughter keisha jacobs is missing added that it pissed me off to see you reporting on somebody else's child other than mine hmm I had to fight to get mine on local news, and this person's on national news with the FBI overnight, Jacob said. I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm pissed. This group wants America to take a greater interest in the names of their missing loved ones. Unique Harris, who has been missing since October 2010, Christian Muse, who has been missing since July 2012, Alicia Rood, Rudd, who has been missing since March 2014, Keisha Jacobs, who's been missing since September 2016, Terrence Woods Jr who went missing last October. And this article is as of 2018. Yeah, so uh we, 19, 19. Okay. 19, yeah, yeah.
2: We don't have like a today update on right, the right, names right.
3: though. Um and Valencia Harris said she misses her daughter uniques. Um she just says she misses her her attitude. Yeah. She always could just walk into a room and brighten up walk into a room and brighten up the room. And you know, she kept me laughing even when I didn't want to laugh, her mom said. Tony Jacobs said her daughter, uh, Keisha was 21 when she went missing, but she was still my baby. She's the, she's the one that we used to have movie nights and she'd lay up in the bed with me and we would watch movies and eat popcorn. She recalled. Michael said he has, he has gone through a difficult cycle of of emotions since his son's disappearance. I'll have dreams about Christian and in these dreams I would be boo-hooing, crying, you know, in my dream, but then I wake up with the same feeling of sorrow and no physical tears are coming out, he said. Now, you can just hear the emotions and the pain that these people are dealing with every single day, that their child, their child is is nowhere to be found, and they haven't seen them in months and years or whatever.
2: And then you turn on the TV and you see. Somebody else. You yeah. see, not just somebody else's kid. You see the world. Yeah desperate to find your child when you couldn't even get the local police to give a shit about finding your kid and you see, you see the whole world stopping to save somebody else's kid. So I just want people to understand that where these opinions and thoughts are coming from about the disparity in media coverage, there are parents of missing children behind those thoughts too. Yeah. So yes, we should think about Lacey Peterson's family and, and and Elizabeth Smart's family and, 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 and Gabby Petito's family. But there's also on the end of at the end of these thoughts about how media coverage is racially biased and and unfair. There are parents of missing children on the ends of those stories as well.
3: Yeah. So that's something to think about. So we said my son Terrence, he was my best friend. And this just recently happened. So, I mean, every Christmas he would put up the Christmas tree. So this Christmas, it was like really different. Um, He was with 11 other people. But he's the only one that went missing without a physical trace. Wow. It just hit me like a gut shot, he continued. I don't even like walking down the hall going toward his room, Woods said. And the sheriff's deputy, the sheriff's department, nobody is really helping out. Woods Jr. went missing last fall in the forest um, of, of Idaho, where he was shooting where he was shooting a documentary. Police ended the search within a week and said no leads were obtained and no signs of Mr. Woods. Um, that no signs of Mr. Woods have been located in the search area. Authorities have said they are continuing to monitor the situation. Since that time, however, Woods said police have told him nothing further. Unlike other missing persons cases where FBI agents often appear the next day, federal agents confirmed the ABC News that they never joined the search, saying that local authorities have primary jurisdiction here and we get involved at their request. We have not received a request of this assistance now they you hear that um some of the cases like you said that the fbi gets involved and they send out like some massive search team and then mm-hmm. some other cases where it's like they get about 15 cops and they just go and walk yeah. <laughs> or it's up to you <laughs> and to and galvanize
2: the people in your neighborhood yeah. to yeah. do so and that's dependent on how many people are interested to show up to the search party yeah you know but
3: then there's no uh, and also you got to push like to I'm sure, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure they have to push to to try to get these big uh, search groups or try to get somebody to, you know, if it's a river or some type yeah. of body of water around, they have to push for that yeah. to get somebody to dive, d- dive down there and look You through. still need the resources. Yeah, you yeah. can't,
2: even if you have everybody, all the all the parents from the school your son went to helping you, there's some, no, oh, we're not scuba divers. We don't know how to like dredge a lake yeah. to search for bodies. Yep. So there's still resources that are not accessible to people even if they have the ability to in within grief and mourning to galvanize 200 people to get together on a sunday and look through the woods for your kid there's still resources that need that are needed dogs lights at night like helicopters to fly over and provide light to the yeah you know so you can search a little bit longer these
3: are things people don't have access to yep um i think a lot of people get the misunderstanding that we Immediately get help from the police department, Valencia Harris said, she said, that's not that's not the case. Mm. But a small ray of hope shines on the horizon and it comes from the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children, which has brought in representatives from law from local law enforcement and news department in the Washington, D.C. area to help point out the differences in the search effort. We've initiated a mandatory children initiative here to examine that very question, Laurie said. Those large-scale searches in our experience have been predominantly for Caucasian children and for reasons that we don't always understand. The families whose voices are filled with frustration console each other often. I'm gonna tell you straight up, Tony Jacobs told the group, "Don't give up. Like you said, don't accept anything nobody say. Can't nobody tell you no. Can't nobody tell you can't nobody tell you no and you keep fighting until you can't fight no more." Harris added, "Remember that's your child." That's your child and nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to fight for your child like you do. Mm -hmm. Everything in my heart is telling me that Keisha is alive, Jacob said, but I believe she is coming home to me. Hill Hill shared a similar optimism to this group of parents and went so far as to submit DNA samples for herself and her her other two children to a national registry in hopes of one day finding a match to Shamika. I still have hope, Hill said. I still have hope. That one day I'm going to find my child. So that was from um, ABC News. Mother, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, oh, that, oh, sorry. that quote was from the mother of um, Shemika Um So yeah. So that article
2: was. So she's still missing.
3: Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep.
2: And that says this is as of 2018.
3: This is from article was from 2019. Okay. Did you do a Google to see if if she has been found? This I did a Google search from news on this article. And the article I just read is the, the most, most recent. recent article. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, prayers and the article on
2: top of that was from 2000 ago, and also twenty nineteen. Okay. And the stories from
3: 2008. Yes. Yeah, she went missing. So she was missing in
2: 2008. 2008. So by all accounts from what you were able to find, she's been missing for over a decade.
3: Yeah. She's still missing. And like I said, that's the most recent article about that, was from about that case. And an uh, uh, article that's recent from three days ago is about Gabby Petito and explaining the, the uh, connection, white, the white woman syndrome. Got it. And they mentioned right her now. in that. Is that I, what you're didn't, I didn't read that, but I'm saying okay. that when you go to when news, you, when you look up, yeah. what
2: you're saying is when you looked up, when you look up Shamika Cozy, yeah, the one of the first, wow, one of her the first that, articles yeah. that comes up, it's above everything. It's yes. Gabby Petito's yeah. story. Yeah. Wow. Let me see the search bar. See what you search. Shamika Cozy. Wow. Yeah.
3: Don't have her name in, in the
2: search bar at all. Wow. So, yeah. So, just just for people to understand what I'm saying, Fran was doing research on Shamika Cozy, Googled Shamika Cozy's name, and the first story that comes up is Gabby Petito's story. Yeah. But it is about the missing white woman
3: syndrome. Yeah. But, so the, it is, but, the, it, but the name, though. Yeah. The name is, like, is yeah. what get people to go. Because it, it, it they might not the click on the yeah, article, yeah. so they go, oh, yeah. Gabby Petito. Throw that name in front of it, and then it's like. But that's at the top, though. That yeah. name is still at the top. It's the number one. And her picture is still there.
2: That is wow. That's yeah. like that's such a ratio. That's crazy. I didn't even wow. That's crazy. That's tripping me out for a second. Yeah. You look up Shamika Cozy, in the first article, even though it is in a in a commentary about how white faces that go missing mm-hmm. get more attention than colored faces, Gabby Petito's name still comes up above Shamika Cozy's name in a search about Shamika Cozy. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah, well, we're, uh, is that, do you have anything else? Because I need to take a break. That was crazy. Nah, man. Yeah, that nah, was, it's I just,
3: need- I, again, we just want people to, to, I mean, it's starting to get around now, and we're, we're like, this is coming out, I just, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's hard to say that this, it's going to just, it's going to play out, it's going to have its time, it's going to, and then we're going to get past this, and then stuff just dies off, man. Yeah, it'll, it'll,
2: just, this is, I, I as optimistic as i like to be and feel good like i mean you know again like i got reached out to by a journalist from the from the new york new york times like that was that was really a cool moment for me to be speaking about my thoughts that i have about this situation but again this doesn't it doesn't feel like a movement it feels like a moment yeah and it feels like this is just gonna go back to how it was in a couple of weeks and then another Something story happens happen. and yeah. other people are like well why do we care more about this than what's happening with the indigenous women or the yeah. black women you know so it's just so
3: much other stuff going on it's just like nobody has the, it's <laughs> like nobody has the attention span to like let's keep pushing to for dig this. in there are people but
2: but the, yeah. that's but again, it's not getting the, the masses now. yeah the masses will disperse yeah and then o- the only people that are left are the people that are really there to do the work yeah so hopefully All you can hope for is- I'm talking
3: about the media is what I'm referring to. Yes, yes. But
2: I'm talking about the media and I'm talking about people. I'm talking about all the people. There are people who glommed on to this story because they saw how much traction it was getting. And I'm not here to call out podcasters or content creators or anything like that. But I saw so many people jumping conclusions and putting out information to just have a podcast episode about Gabby Petito before there's any information readily available to even put together what could be happening in this girl's story. Mm -hmm. If she's alive, conspiracy theories, uh, theories about the, the, the fiance, all these things so that they could put out an episode titled Gabby Petito, get the clicks, get the traction, be a part of the moment you know, get their name out there as true crime investigators and all of that stuff. I watched it happen in real time. How many people all of a sudden had an interest in true crime, but those people will disperse. But our only hope that we can have is that there's more people left as volunteers and people that disseminate information about missing persons on the train than there was before because when the train stops for a brief second all bunch of people are getting off the train yeah a bunch of people are like oh the guy oh she got found okay well uh i don't really care about true crime stuff so i don't give a shit delete all this stuff delete these posts move on I'll start talking about sports again start talking about you know whatever i'm you know uh that's
3: why i'm not a, that's why i'm not on facebook anymore i'm not a fan of being on facebook yeah because people i guess the people i follow do that shit it's yeah like they'll jump on a moment on it and then it's like it's it's, it's bad. But it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the fiber of your
2: DNA. Like you don't really believe in it.
3: Right. It's like, I've never seen you bring up anything like this. Yeah. Ever. And then now you just like, I don't, and that goes for anything. Yes.
2: But again, as I, as I keep saying, that's the machine at play. Yeah. That's the power of the machine. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the machine. If it was, if it was spread around evenly, that, that my mom who does not care about true crime. She listens to this podcast sometimes because she supports us and she yeah. loves us. But my mom does not care about true crime, but will share an article about the Gabby Petito story in the moment of it happening because it's like, did you hear about this? This thing is ha- everywhere. Yeah, That's the power of the machine is that it gets casual people galvanized and interested and now they're helping spread awareness. And now more eyeballs, there's more yeah. people looking for clues. Yeah. That's the power of the machine. Even if the machine at its core starts from a point of well this 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 face doesn't draw attention this face does it's a bunch of racially motivated decisions being made and then once it spreads out once those webs go out and the story catches fire i'm not saying your aunt is racist because she saw the Gabby Petito story and shared it yeah but the the mechanisms that got it to your aunt who only shares articles about people that knit sweaters she now sharing the story the mechanism that got it to her eyes it's racially motivated. yeah, and, and, and the biases within that play a part in what gets attention and what doesn't. I don't know. I, I, these, whenever we get into these topics like this, I don't ever want to come across as dismissive, dismissive of other people's pain. Mm. But it's hard. It's hard it's, it's, it all comes back to the timing thing. Yeah. It's hard to do that and not feel like you're doing it. But you still got to say what you got to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. If, I hope that makes sense to other people listening to where it's like, I fully understand that the Gabby Petito case is still in full swing. And that a lot of people might go, well, why are you like having this aggression? And none of my aggression is towards Gabby Petito. My aggression is towards the system. And the system that I've seen play out like this many times before this case, this just happens to be the latest one that's taken the world by storm. So I felt like I needed to say something for all the other times that I didn't say anything. So that's the passion that's coming out of my voice. I am incredibly sad and mournful for Gabby Petito's family. I'm glad that she's home and can have a funeral and be, you know, grieved because the story you just did didn't, that didn't happen. And that happens every day. People just go disappear and never come home. So I'm glad that their family got that. But I still feel the way that I feel and I stand by everything that I said. And that's what it really boils down to. Even it's like, I understand I might rub somebody the wrong way from saying the things that we've said. I understand Fran might rub some people the wrong way from the things that he said. But we still stand by the core of what we're saying. Which is that there needs to be a more equitable disbursement of the media resources in these missing persons cases so it's food for thought man uh we're going to take a quick break and when we come back it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit so stick around
3: did you know that most vitamin d3 supplements come from sheep's wool i'm Kat, founder of ritual we're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.
2: All right, and we are back. Fran, my Mm -hmm. affirmative murder this week is the story of the missing women of the Red River. Okay. Okay. My sources were People Magazine and NBC News Okay. Were my Missing, sources. missing, indig- what was it? The missing, they are indigenous women. Okay, I think the, the, probably the red part was what yeah. you're inferring, But the missing women of the Red River. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so uh, Fran. In August of 2017, heartbreak befell Indian country when the body of 22-year-old Savannah LaFontaine Greywind was found duct-taped in plastic in the Red River. Hmm. This stretch of water delineates North Dakota from Minnesota and also has some runoffs into Canada. It is where just a few years earlier, an indigenous 15 year old girl named Tina Fontaine was discovered just a few years before um, Savannah's was the girl's tiny body wrapped in a duvet cover and weighed down by rocks was discovered in August of August 17th, 2014. It later came to light that Tina had disclosed to a, a child welfare agency that she was hanging out with a 62 year old meth using man Mm -hmm. and may have been sexually assaulted. Suspect Raymond Cormier was found not guilty of killing Tina Fontaine in February of 2018. He said he wanted to have sex with her and had given her marijuana, but that it never happened. So he said, uh, which is basically saying I wanted to rape her because she's 15 years old. I wanted to rape her. I gave her some uh drugs and you know illegal things but I never had sex with her and I, ne- I and I didn't kill her and he was found not and he guilty. He got he walked. And he was the only suspect. That's so her, her 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 case is still open and it's a cold case at this point cuz he was the only suspect and he was found not guilty.
3: That's crazy.
2: So I would suggest people look more into that story as well about Tina Fontaine.
3: Oh, he's definitely probably did now, right?
2: No, like I said, this was like this was like three years ago. Oh. This dude's probably just alive walking around. So Savannah Lafontaine Graywin vanished from her apartment building in Fargo, North Dakota on August 19th, 2017, without a trace while she was eight months pregnant. Mm. Lafontaine Graywin, whose Dakota name is Where the Thunder finds her, which is like powerful.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, she placed a pizza order a pizza delivery order to her family's Fargo apartment before heading upstairs to see a neighbor. This was the last time her parents would see her alive. Kayakers found the spirit Lake nation woman eight days later. Her baby had been cut from her womb. Oh my goodness. Police had found the healthy newborn 72 hours earlier on the bed of her neighbor, Brooke Cruz. Huh? Yeah. The neighbor who she went upstairs the last time she was seen, she went upstairs to visit a neighbor. They found the baby in... They found the baby in her apartment on her bed. Wow. I'll get into it. The woman was arrested, pleaded guilty, and was sentenced to life without parole. Her live-in boyfriend, William Hohen, was also sentenced to life for conspiring to kidnap Savannah's baby, Hazley Joe. Cruz testified that in early 2017, she lied to Hohen about being pregnant because she thought he wanted her to have a baby. She told the court that during an argument that August, Hone admitted that he knew she wasn't pregnant, but because he had previously told others that she was expecting, he demanded that she, quote, produce a baby. So this alleged demand, she claimed, led her to believe that she had better have a baby
3: no matter how it happened. Did they have a relationship prior to this? The The neighbor? Yeah.
2: Her, Savannah, and the neighbors? Yeah. I don't know. Other than being neighbors, I don't think they were, like, best buddies. But they were, they you know, they're as, as friendly as you are with your neighbor.
3: I'm not knocking on my neighbor's door.
2: Okay. I'm not knocking on my neighbor's door either, but my neighbor has definitely knocked on my door. Hmm. So okay. whatever, take that for what you will. Yeah, We have enough of a relationship that- He might they, be crazy though. But both, on both sides.
3: Both neighbors have knocked on my door. But they might both be crazy. That and it's is like, possible. I don't, I'm not, I'm crazy. So I don't think he's crazier than me so I'm fine with knocking on his door because he's not going to do nothing crazy. Oh, well, they're not, do. they don't come over here threatening. I'm just saying. <laughs> they come over here nice. i was just thinking of a they're, like,
2: they're not like, I'm going to go knock on his fucking door because he's a bitch and I bet no, you he wants this. No, but my point is. They just come is, over
3: like, hey, you want some banana bread? But my point is, why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you knock on the door and then go in his house? I'm sorry? Why wouldn't you knock on his door your neighbor's door and like go in? Oh, because I don't
2: like people. Okay. Yeah, I don't like people. I don't want to talk to people. And so anybody coming to me, that's always what it's going to be. Yeah. is you coming to me. But you're not, I'm crazy not coming though, right? to right? I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> don't I'm like think- pretty sure I'm not crazy. Do you have a voice in your head? I don't mean to go off <laughs> like, on, t- on a like tangent. Like what? What do you mean? Like how does your brain work? Like for me, when I'm sitting mm-hmm. in a public space or by myself or anything, there I can hear my voice in my head being like, oh, don't do that. That's stupid. Yeah. That's weird. Like yeah. I can
3: hear it. It has a voice. It yeah, sounds me like me. I go, my it goes, don't stop judging people.
2: Oh, wow. Lie. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'll judge, yeah.
3: I'll judge people in a heartbeat.
2: But your brain will be like,
3: that was wrong. Yeah, don't do that.
2: Yeah, same. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I read an article the other day that's like, that's not, everybody doesn't have that. Oh shit. Everybody's brain is isn't like a conversation. Mm. So I when you ask me if I'm crazy, I'm fresh off this article and I'm like, I don't know, that's a good question. Yeah. Because I will be in the house and be like, you won't. Yeah <laughs> V- <laughs> <laughs> you won't you won't send that text off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. my brain will be like, and like I'll say it like, out loud. No, I say it. It's in here. Oh, I'll then, say it out loud. But then my face will smirk like I'll say it out loud. Though. My face will smirk like, fucking proved you wrong yeah, to I'll, my own brain. But I'll I just say it, I'll,
3: I'll say it out loud though. Okay. I'll be like, no, I definitely I'll be like, nope. Yeah, but I'll do it though. Something like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the per- like. It ask me a question uh-huh, and I'll answer, answer out, loud. out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Do that. Uh, you know, I well, do that. Well, maybe I am crazy. I yeah, don't
2: that's know. what I'm saying. It's an interesting <laughs> conversation, right? I'll be in here. I'll be. i, I talk to myself. Yeah, me too. But I, I think that we also uh, at formative ages in our life We're in the house by ourselves. Yeah, and that could be a part of it. Yeah. Me, I've been in the house by myself my whole life. Me too. So I'll be in the house like I'll put five on it that I make this paper yeah. paper into the trash can. Oh psh, Missed it Okay yep. yo You owe me
3: five It's yep. just me Me too It's just me Double or nothing I'm like bet a million Yeah <laughs> Hit it <laughs> Like you don't make this You don't eat Yeah Something you. Like yeah that. you weren't Yeah
2: damn <laughs> <laughs> You weren't the only child If you never double or nothing Yourself Yeah yeah man You know how you double Or yeah. nothing yourself That doesn't make sense But I've done it Countless yeah. times Yep <laughs> So I would love to hear From people I'm just putting it out there Question yeah. Do you have an internal monologue
3: You know the, the funny thing That's one of those things Where people like People ain't know what you're talking about, but it, ne- it just never comes up because it's like that person might think I'm weird. Yeah, I I'm like
2: that up. might sound crazy yeah, if I yeah. if I say, well, here's another thing. When I dream, I'm never me, <laughs> and I th- people think I'm crazy. I'm crazy when I say that. I've been everybody. I've been Corey from Boy Meets World, uh, uh Snoop from The <laughs> Wire. Wild. I've been everybody but me. My dreams are like movies. My dreams are in third person. I'm jumping in and out of different people. Well, you people. love movies, though. You watch but my brain movie. shouldn't be... I like, But it's not like... It's just the way the perspective is. Is never... Not like, if you like can see it all the time. No, but Sierra is like... No, I'm when I'm in a dream, I like look down and it's hands. That's why. My dream isn't like that. My dream oh. is like... it's from It's from third... It's like from third-person perspective. Mm. I see everything that's happening. Yeah. But she's like, no. It's like me. I'm in my own body. I can't see me, but I'm in... But I'm in my... Like the how you look. I, when you're looking yeah. out of your eyes, that's yeah. how her dreams are. Mm. And I'm like, oh, never a day in my life. Yeah. I've been Jason Voorhees. I don't remember any of my dreams. That's how, that's, that's common. Yeah. But are you you?
0: I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> oh, don't
2: <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. We went on a tangent there. Sorry. Okay. Back. This is a serious story. And Sorry. Okay. When Hone allegedly mentioned how that Grey Wing girl is really pregnant... Cruz testified that she thought that he meant he wanted her to go and take LaFontaine Grey Wind's baby. What? So she's making a lot of assumptions based on That's this correct. guy. Again, I'm not saying the guy's an angel. I don't know the guy. I don't hear, I'm don't i not here for the context. But her testimony is like, so he was just like, man, she is about to pop. And so I, I thought that he meant go steal her baby. He was like, there better be a baby here because I told people there was a baby coming. So I thought that he meant go and steal someone's baby. You know what I'm saying? And so again, I don't want to make it out like it's all this woman's fault. And this guy is just like innocent guy. He didn't, he didn't do anything, but I didn't hear, I only can read the quote. And in her, in her words, her testimony is hone casually kind of went that great girl, that gray girl was really pregnant. And she's like, Oh, okay. I get you right, loud and clear, loud and clear. Yeah. and that, And that's like, I don't, I don't derive that from what that, I don't take that from that. That's not what I get from that statement.
3: Maybe if, maybe if he said it when, at the same time around when he was like, it better be a baby. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That If it was coming right off of that,
2: yeah. yeah, I could see that. Or even like context. So like the look in his eye, the inflections on the words, a, a elbow, yeah. a elbow nudge, anything yeah. in thrown into that, yep. that phrase. Could elicit her thinking that he wants her to go yeah, steal the baby. Tone of voice, all that. That gray one girl is really pregnant. I'm just saying, P- yeah. shoulder push. You know, yeah. so there better be a baby here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A combination of all the things yeah. that we've said. Yeah, okay. But still, yeah, but that still, doesn't. It's all, all
3: crazy. That doesn't bear.
2: Yeah. No, no. <laughs> this all. It's all crazy, insane. This is all crazy. <laughs> so Cruz confessed that after she brought LaFontaine Graywin up to her apartment under the pretense of helping her with a sewing project. She pushed the younger woman who, was the, who then hit her head on the mm. bathroom sink mm. and was struck unconscious. Wow. However, this is where I say the bullshit comes in. However, medical examiner, Dr. Victor Froloff testified that LaFontaine Graywind showed no signs of a head injury, mm. which tells me, Fran, that she was probably protecting William Hone's part in the subduing of Savannah. Got That's you. what I read from that. Whether he choked her out, hit her or something, she didn't have a head injury. So she couldn't have hit her, her head on the bathroom sink hard enough to knock her unconscious. Right. So there's a part there that she's changed to either make herself look better because she fucking chloroformed her or something mm-hmm. or because William Hone had some part in subduing her. And I personally think it's just my belief and, and my speculation that William Hone may have had a part in like getting her knocked out and uh, and, and and under under wraps and everything like that.
3: Oh, I really want to know what the conversations they had before... Her going up to the room. I really want to know what happened.
2: You mean between Savannah and Brooke? Yeah.
3: Well, she said like, "Hey, probably like, hey, girl,
2: I'm trying to sew this thing. I know you're really good at sewing. Can you help me?" But I mean, like that simple, really. But I mean, like that—that mean you were studying studying this young girl. Well, I mean, I I, I don't know if you need to be studying somebody to know that they can sew. But how would they? But they—if they never met, they're neighbors. But that doesn't just my neighbor doesn't know I like basketball. But your neighbor might know you barbecue. Because you do it outside? Yeah. Can smell your grill and your neighbor goes, Hey man, look, I can't get this charcoal grill lit. Can you come over and help me light this grill? You come over there and you motherfucker hit you upside the head with a <laughs> bat. Yeah. <laughs> You hey man, can you come through the house? Come the house? Yeah, no. Come, you but yeah, that's you're saying now when I'm doing the story. But if he says he frames it in a way where it's like, yeah, man, I really smell you know how people you people know yeah. how to get people. Yeah. Man, I can sure smell those burgers over there. I don't know what your secret is, man. You think you can, can you come, come show over?
3: show me and you going over there? Yeah, you
2: go over there. I got I got some spices in the kitchen. Can you show me how you prep your burger meat? Yeah, you're going over there, are you? Yeah, I'm going on. First of all, you pay me a compliment, which I'm a sucker for a compliment. Oh, he got you. Oh, you smell the Texas seasonings, huh? Yeah, he got you got you. I had to order those from uh, yeah, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, but I can't tell you the all the extra stuff, yeah. but I can go see what your setup is. I can maybe help you out yeah. a little come bit. Through, like, yeah,
3: come I need on. you to come to the house because my back door is broke. Oh, no problem, man. Yeah, There's no, no
2: problem. problem at all I'm coming through. Yeah, man. But like I said, my secret spice edition, I can't uh, show you, but yeah. let's see what you got to bang. Yep. <laughs> I'm talking all the way to the burger meat. Confident, yeah. you
3: give me a compliment. I'm I'm riding a mile on yeah. it. You know, he got like uh, freshly waxed uh, wood floors. Yeah, I need you to take your shoes off before you come in. So now huh. you ain't got no no, grip. no
2: traction. I'm in socks. Yeah, you all fucked you up. You know, those
3: Nike socks don't have any kind of grip.
2: Yeah, man. So it could be that, that it could be that simple. She could have just hit her with neighborly. Man, I saw some of your uh, homemade uh, Native American garments. Compliments. and man. I just think that I would love for you to help me. I'm trying to s- stitch up something. It's might just go, yeah, man, in either hand. I'm good at it. I'll come up, neighbor.
3: Yeah, tip for the day. Don't don't be a sucker for compliments.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and right. also, and also, we do a lot of like uh uh this is an over exaggerated version of myself. Sure. I don't take compliments well at all. They actually make me very uncomfortable. But in the in the context of the scenario It depends
3: on what it is. Like, no, like really? Is somebody is somebody complimenting your bar your barbecue, oh okay. I think no. I think no, you, you fall for that. No.
2: Yes. Okay. So I take it back in the in the example. Even though it was just a scenario, yeah. I am I I would take a food compliment. I'm I'm yes. I, I I take compliments about my cooking yeah. to the heart. I don't no, see you fall for anything. But else. somebody being like, man, listen to your podcast, man. You guys are really. Can dumb. you come like, over? Oh, and that, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying come. I'm just saying oh. like I'm, I'm I'm just talking about in real life. Yeah. Oh man, uh, you know, you, 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 handsome. Yes. Any other I don't guys, like, like the attention. I'm like, oh, please stop. Yeah. It just makes me uncomfortable. I just, I awkwardly say thank you and I get out of it as quickly as possible. Yeah. But when it talks, when you talk about food. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, no, I, I would. That would help. Be how you got me. So like I said, uh, the coroner came in and said, or the medical examiner came in and said, I don't know what Brooke is talking about as far as head injuries, mm-hmm. but there's no head injuries. I, I, I didn't find any head injuries on Savannah. So with LaFontaine Grey Wynn lying on the floor, this is still Brooke Cruz's testimony. She testified that she grabbed a small razor blade, trigger warning for people, or not trigger, but just, can get good graphic. She grabbed a small razor blade, such as a carpenter's knife or a box cutter, from the kitchen and sliced open LaFontaine Grey Wynn's abdomen.
3: While ta- she was unconscious. While she was unconscious. Okay
2: taking her baby out of her womb Mm. as she drifted in and out of consciousness. So she was in and out. Allegedly, when Hone came home, he asked if she was dead. That's the first question he asked, according to her. To which she replied, I don't know, please help me. After retrieving a rope from another room, Hone put it around LaFontaine Graywin's neck and said, if she wasn't dead before, she is now. When LaFontaine Graywin failed to return home, more than an hour after she went upstairs, because like I said, they had just ordered pizza. Yeah. This was just a, it was supposed to be a quick, casual thing. Her parents went looking for her, asking Cruz where their daughter was, with Cruz telling them that she had no idea. Police said that they knocked on Cruz's door at 5 p.m. on August 19th, searching the apartment that afternoon, and then again on August 20th. Cruz testified that the body was stuffed in the bathroom closet of her apartment during both of those searches. What? And, and the baby was hidden under blankets next to Hone when the police searched the apartment on August 19th. So while police were searching was, the apartment, the baby, baby was underneath. The baby the, had to be asleep. It was a newborn. It was a two day old baby. What does that mean? I'm saying, yeah, I agree. With oh, you. Yeah. yeah. It was probably was, I don't know what babies do, but you know, they sleep a lot, right?
3: Yeah. If they're not, I mean, if they're not, sleep they, they making some type of noise yeah he was muffling the noise somehow under blankets so I mean, basically the baby was
2: under some blankets he's pretending like he's watching TV and the baby's right there and they but they searched though they searched supposedly. the house and the baby was there and Savannah was there
3: they didn't search that damn house
2: they did a walkthrough it couldn't have been I mean it's an apartment it couldn't have been the closet How the you closet don't search the, the closet. bathroom closet is there like a a a, a false wall right
3: like How you don't look in a closet though and my
2: whole thing is like, if you opened it, I'm sure there wasn't like That's what I'm a fake, like a spin around a door, like a Scooby-Doo or something. Yeah, they just didn't. They just didn't look through the door. They just didn't open it. But they also probably were like. They didn't find her or the baby. That's. Yeah. Wow. And they, they didn't find her or the baby. And both her and the baby were at the apartment. Right. Twice. Both times. Twice. Yes. On August 20th, Hone hollowed out his dresser and put LaFontaine Grey Wind's Wend- body inside. Wrapped in towels and plastic, she was hidden inside the dresser when police searched the apartment on August 20th. So the next day, they came back again.
3: Oh, they went so now they
2: opened the closet door. Yeah, they went but she's out. not there. Now she's in the back of a, a hollowed out dresser. But still, they still didn't see the baby. Still didn't see the baby on the second day, no. Cruz said that in the early morning hours of August 21st, she and Hone. Carried the dresser down the stairs and loaded it into their Jeep Cherokee and disposed of Savannah in the Red River. What
3: kind of dresser is this?
2: I don't really know. I didn't I don't have any pictures of the dresser. But and this is this is probably me getting too symbolic about it, but there was just something that made this like more sick and gross on a historical scale that they put her in a Jeep Cherokee as this indigenous native woman. They put her in this like product that is named after a tribe, and, you know... So you think that was on purpose? No. I'm oh. just saying the symbolism of it. just of happened it. to be... It just, it just happened to be a Jeep Cherokee. Right. But, like, the fact that this Native American's w- woman's body was put in this Jeep Cherokee yeah. when we live in this world where it's like the Cleveland Indians and the... Any of the... What's the one that changed? The Cleveland... What was the... The Washington football team. The Washington Redskins. When we live in that world, you lived on Tomahawk Terrace. Yeah. All the streets in your neighborhood when you were growing up were named after... Native American tribes. Yep. We live in this country that genocided this people and then named all these landmarks and stuff after them. And they he put they put her body yeah. in a Jeep Cherokee. Oh. There's just something about it. I just I might be reading too much into it, yeah. but I was like, "Oh, that's just it. that's just gross, you know." So, Hayley Joe, Lafontaine Greywind's baby, who is now 4 years old, Miraculous, miraculously survived her mother's amateur C-section. Wow. She lives with her father, Ashton Matt, Matheny, uh, Savannah's longtime boyfriend. So, you know, wow. there's a silver lining to be found. The baby survived yeah. and is with her father and growing up and is alive and, and all that stuff. So there's a, there's a silver lining to be found. Now, justice was pretty swift in the case of Savannah. However, many other cases go the way of Tina, Tina Fontaine and turn cold. The tales of these two tragedies and the river itself are emblematic of a modern violence against one of the world's most vulnerable populations, indigenous women and girls. It is a problem police and authorities in the U S have been accused of ignoring as well as just, you know, people in general, the red river over the decades has come to be seen by many in the indigenous community as a dumping ground for discarded bodies but their sense is that detectives don't take this seriously. Loved ones of the missing started to drag the red on their own. It's the name. That's the name they gave it to you know, the red. Mm-hmm. That's what the nickname is. Uh, they started to drag the red on their own starting in 2014 after finding Tina Fontaine. Mm-hmm. That year, advocates say they pulled seven bodies from the river. Damn. So it's like a dumping. It's just like where you go and discard. So those things. was just sitting down there, though, before they found her? Yeah. Possibly. Well, it, I, they, they, they dragged the water and they found them. I don't know when. Oh, shit. If they were old or if they were new. That I don't know. What do you they, mean? Like,
3: what, like, they put a net down there and just go across
2: the whole bottom? Or I, don't, I don't know how they drag water. But I would assume it was, it's something like that.
3: Hmm. Why don't they do that everywhere, though? They do what? Like do a, like a search. Drag? That should, that should be like a.
2: Something they do, something uh, they do. consistently? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Hmm. money. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that. But maybe they do do that. We don't know anything. Yeah. They're fucking idiots, man. I don't know shit. Maybe they drag lakes all the time. I don't know. Don't quote us. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I said they should do that. I, I I don't know if they do that. But if they don't, they should. If I don't know if we've made this clear, we go and do research on stories that other smart people have done the legwork on and we just regurgitate stuff that we have read in articles or seen on television shows. And we use words that we have learned from being in the true crime world. We're not experts. I'm not a specialist. I dropped out of college. What else, Fran?
3: I mean, I don't know. I have
2: not been in honor roll since I was in the third grade. Yeah. I'm dumb as shit. Yeah. So I would hope people respect that. And I say this respectfully Go fucking do the research on on your own. We're just here to let you know about something. Then you go look into it on your own time to get it fully right. We're the people that go, hey, hey, did you see this? Did you you hear about this? Did you check this out? Check this shit out. Anyway, back to the story. (laughs) So indigenous women in the United States and Canada are murdered, vanished, or found dead without explanation at rates well above national per capita averages. Advocates on both sides of the border of America, of the United States and Canada, blame the crisis on lack of specialized investigative policing, as well as extreme gaps in government oversight. Others are more blunt and call the problem something else. Racism, a discrimination breeding distrust in authorities among indigenous peoples. The discord suggests that whatever statistics that are available are likely a disturbing undercount. Crimes are underreported, and when they are reported, incidents often lack essential data and facts to not only record but to paint a full picture that may help create a trackable list of signals to watch for that may help prevent some of these crimes. Yeah. So some of those some of those uh, things that go underreported or that uh, you know might not be told in a full story of an indigenous woman who might come forward to the po- to the police because she feels unsafe. Some of the things that might go unreported in their claim that they file might be that they uh have a drug addiction. So, you know, so they don't so they don't want to feel judged. But knowing that this person is addicted to drugs would allow you to look at seedier people, drug dealers in the neighborhood, so that if she does go missing or they do go missing, you know, okay, well they were um going through drug addiction. So we should be looking at dealers. Yeah or but it changes the narrative though. It, it does change the narrative and also they don't want to be judged. Yeah. They also and they also might feel like they won't help them cuz they go, "Oh, you're hey, yep. you're doing drugs. Yeah. So that's what you chose to be in. Yep. So if something bad happens to you, that's on you. Sorry you got punched in the face, but hey, man, shit. Don't fucking do drugs, right? Yep. So that's the demonization of people from those kind of worlds. Also people that uh in, indigenous people or women they might be in the sex work industry and it's the same it's the it's the same thing as drug addiction. It's like they're going to judge you and, you know, but if it's those are things that are important. If somebody feels comfortable being honest with a detective or a police officer, noting that in a in something that's filed for an, an assault or something, noting that they're a sex worker tells you where to go and start your investigation, who to talk to, who to look at, who to suspect, yeah, all that stuff. So if they withhold that information from you, how can you even paint a, prop, a proper profile?
3: You can't fault them for that. Oh, no, I don't fault them at yeah. all. I'm just saying um, I'm, just, I'm talking about just to just to just. The general public, I'm just saying. Yes, like, exactly. You yes, can't absolutely. fault them just because they had whatever uh, it is, their past was. You can't be like, oh, well, just fuck them. You're not a victim. Right. A victim
2: is a victim. No matter what you feel about their lifestyle choices or whatever, they're still a victim. And because of these stigma stigmatizations in society, these people might not feel comfortable coming forward and telling a full story. Yeah. They might even know exactly who hit them, and then that person might come back around and kill them. But because they don't want to paint the full picture of who they are, they don't involve their pimp, their drug dealer, their whatever. And so you don't know who the person is that assaulted them when they made the report and now they're dead. Yeah. And the person who hit them in the report that they filed without a name on it is the person that ended up killing them. Yep. But they don't feel comfortable telling you that because they don't want to feel judged. Yeah. Uh, another part, that, another factor that goes into that is just also possible all around distrust of authority figures outside of their community. Understandably. Native Americans have a a terrible history of of what is now known as modern day police. They, you know, in the early stages of what police were, they were militias that were going around killing black and Native American people, driving them into reservations. So uh, the same way we go, oh, yeah, there's a reason that such and such your black friend doesn't know how to swim in 2021, because if you go back and go back and go back and go back, his great great grandmother used to love to swim. But then they came and they threw bleach in the pool. So she stopped swimming at the pool. And then she had kids and she never took them to the pool because she had PTSD from being at pools. And so your mom never learned how to swim. And then now you don't know how to swim because your family just doesn't do that. Yeah. And that might be the same way where indigenous people are like, I don't trust white people. They've done a lot. And that's just how we feel. Take it how you will. Yeah. I don't trust white police officers. I don't trust anybody who's not from my reservation because I don't trust people that don't look like me. That's a... A systemic and genetic and and historical level of mistrust, aside from being a sex worker or a drug addict, that's a whole add that on top of like, oh I just don't trust people who aren't Native American. Yeah you know so there's all kinds of factors that go into how this data that they have could be inaccurate, underrepresentative and just off. The murder of LaFontaine Greywind sparked a national outrage in America, and in 2018, a bill was named after her and became the first in Congress to propose increasing coordination among federal, state, and tribal law enforcement to curb the chronic rate at which indigenous women go missing and or slain. However, passing Savannah's Act has been on an uneven path. Savannah's Act passed the Senate in the final days of the 115th Congress, but the bill was ultimately blocked by a single vote. The Republican Congressman Bob Goodlatte oh, of Virginia opposed certain provisions, which sent former North Dakota Senator Heidi Heitkamp's proposal back to square one. I don't know what the, what the provisions were, and I'm not making the political. I don't. I'm not. I don't give a shit about that. But the the uh, the act was blocked by this one senator from Virginia, mm. <clears throat> Senator Lisa Murkowski. Of Alaska reintroduced the bill in January of 2019. The proposed legislation would improve and increase access to data on Native American crime victims, establish police protocols, and require annual reports to Congress on the number of missing and slain Native American women. The amendments made to Savannah's Act also expanded its reach to include non-reservation-based communities after the Urban Indian Health Institute pointed out that the bill was an incomplete solution because it did not include urban women such as LaFontaine Greywin herself because Savannah LaFontaine Greywin did not live on a reservation. Mm. So this bill that was named after her initially wasn't even taking into consideration people that were in her situation yeah. who didn't live on a reservation. Nearly three quarters of native Americans do not live on a reservation, but in cities and border towns across the United States. A report released in July of 2020 documented 2,306 missing, missing Native American women and girls in the United States, about 1,800 of whom were killed or vanished within the past 40 years. Nearly 60% of the cases are homicides, and 31% involved girls 18 and younger. This is according to data analyzed by the Sovereign Bodies Institute, which is a nonprofit indigenous led research organization that began counting and mapping such missing and murdered cases over the past few years. In addition, nearly three quarters of the cases have victims who were living within the foster care system when they went missing. The vast majority of the cases in the U S as well as another 2000 in Canada remain unsolved according to the research. So Fran, it's not quite a question of if there are or will be more stories like Savannah LaFontaine Graywin or Tina Fontaine, But instead, how many stories like these young women's that have never been solved or may never even be found? So, um, again, that was the story of Savannah LaFontaine Grey Wynn. There are uh, tons of stories of missing women, indigenous or otherwise, in this country that deserve attention, need attention. And that attention could go a long way to helping bring home people who were never brought home and could bring closure to a lot of families. Also, before uh, I fully end, I want to say. That the study that I uh, cited, it wasn't saying 2,306 women went missing in, over the last 40 years. That was the case study. That was how many stories they, how many stories of missing Native American women they studied. Okay. And that's where they got the statistics of 1,800 of them vanished within the past 40 years. 60% of them were homicide. 31% of them. It was from a, a case study of 2,306 women. A lot more than 2,306 women went missing, especially over the last 40 years. So again, rest in peace to Savannah LaFontaine Greywin and rest in peace to Tina Fontaine. Rest in peace to anybody who's, went, who's gone missing in this country and hopefully the ones that are still missing get brought home in one way or another.
0: Good, 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 good
2: Friend, my boy, it's time for some good vibes uh, You know, uh, we have had A lot of very interesting And intense conversations this episode And so, you know, I think this is a good time To kind of uplift things before we get out of here And I decided to do that by telling us The story, I'm going to read the story But encourage people to go find the video If you haven't, it's an incredibly beautiful video But it's the story of a young man Who is the best man at his brother's wedding Who provides The uh, reception with the best best man speech ever. So uh, 23-year-old Sam Waldron announced to a room full of people how his brother Jonah Waldron is his hero and never looked down on him. Sam talks about how he has autism, which can make him scared to interact with people, but his brother reminds him that being different is a real strength and not a weakness. He says Jonah's new wife, 25-year-old Madison Waldron, has all the makings of a great sister and jokes that she's married the second most handsome Waldron. Hmm. Sam says, I was really nervous before the speech, but I got more comfortable as I started reading. Uh, He went on to say, I felt like I was speaking out to whoever has autism. And I was speaking for the autism community. As for the groom Jonah, who everybody's crying, everybody's crying in the video. As for the groom Jonah on watching his little brother do such a brilliant job, he couldn't hold back the tears of happiness. Brothers Sam and Jonah grew up together and being only four years apart in age, went to the same high school. Sam was diagnosed with autism when he was just seven years old and didn't find intense social settings easy. Jonah said he would come to see me during the school day and he would come to come for help with a subject or as a break. Myself and my parents were the ones he felt that he were the ones he felt most comfortable talking to about any struggles that he had socially. So, um again, the the video is one that I really encourage people to go look up. Um, Sam went on to say that he felt like the, uh, doing this was a dream that came true for him. Uh, he got to be around his best brother. So uh, after he finished the speech, Sam was given a, st- a standing ovation and the newlyweds rushed over to tell him how much of a great job he did. And they all did like a three person hug the entire speech was recorded and uploaded to Jonah's TikTok account and went viral with over 6.2 million views and 760,000 likes. Thank you, Sam, for inspiring so many with your emotional speech. Now, the uh, video is available. Again, uh, the young man's name is there, Jonah and Sam to Waldron. So you look up Sam Waldron. This video comes up. Also, friend, before I throw it over to you, one of my favorite shows, the second season just dropped Love on the Spectrum. It's in the same vein as this. It's a, it's a show about um, people that are on the autism spectrum finding love in the dating world. Mm-hmm. One of my and it's, and it's in Australia, so they have Australian accents. One of my favorite characters, Michael. He's back. He's a champion. He's a little bit sexist, but uh, I love him nonetheless. He just has like very archaic ideas about what a man is and he's like well you know um when i'm looking for a wife i need her to be able to stay home and cook because i need to go to work and make money to provide for the household he just says that like these are his objectives yeah no his objectives are a little bit archaic but he's he's a sweetheart with he's a he's got a good heart he's got a good head on his shoulders and he's a good guy so i really recommend that people go check out love on the spectrum i just watched the first episode of season two today the new guy on there is named ronan he also seems like an incredibly sweet guy. So I'm hoping that he finds love in this, in this, in this, uh, in these insane times in this world. So, um, love on the spectrum, check it out. It's on Netflix. Great show. And this speech, uh, this best man speech is incredible, uh, by Sam Waldron. Fran, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah.
3: My, uh, I like that show. I can't even remember the damn name of the damn show. Um, you can't like, you can't like it that much.
2: It's impossible. <sighs> no,
3: cause I haven't seen it in a while. It's the kid. about, the, it about the, kid, the, the, the kid that has autism and he has this he has a sister. Atypical. That's what it is? Yeah, it's a typical.
2: Yeah, I like this show. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. I used to like that show. And then somebody that I turned on to the show like watched it, it so much that they made me not want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I understand. It happens. I get that. It is what it
0: yeah. is. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and yet I know the name of the show. And you, you said that you like the show. And yeah. you, oh, man, I'm a big fan. I haven't seen
3: it in a while. Okay. Hey, man, look.
2: Hey man, tell you the good vibe story. Man, we're here to do good vibes. All right, okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, so uh, my good vibe this week is about Alabama begins removing racist language from its from its uh constitution. Uh,
2: yay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the state of Alabama is drafting amendments to its 1901 state constitution that will remove uh, that will remove among other things discrimin- discriminatory language the changes will mark the end of the last remaining legal remnants of what are generally referred to as Jim Crow laws, which created a state sponsored education system separated by race and in which the constitution allowed state authorities to forcibly place children in the, in the educational institution of the state's choosing. Well, you got some thoughts on this or no, man, it's great. No, it's great. Keep telling your story. That's great. All right. So having failed to pass, referendums on the motion in 2004, 2014 failed. Yeah. <laughs> so they tried before and they, they were like no. Nah, they tried staying in there. Yeah. They tried two times before. Got it. In 2004, 2004 and in 2014. 2014. Oh wow. yeah it's 2014. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow, okay, cool. And hey, 2023 and and 2020, third times the charm. Vote uh Vote got the job done. It established the committee. So it took a whole pandemic for people's whole outlook on life to change. And yeah. The, wow. Yep. Uh, it established the committee on the um, recomp- recompilation of the Constitution, who will proceed to remove the Jim Crow passages. And that's, that's crazy that that was in still in there the whole time and up until 2020. <laughs> uh, to remove the Jim Crow passages, as well as others like poll taxes, duplicate language, and more. Um, so it says it sends a message out, out about who we are. said Republican or, um, I don't think it's Republican, but, um, representative, representative okay, Marika yeah. Coleman, a Democrat from Pleasant Grove, who, who chairs the committee and sponsored the amendment. The most egregious piece of, of writing within the constitution of probably familiar to some and, and, and States separate schools should be pro- provided for white and colored children. And no child of either race shall be permitted to attend a school of other races. And that was in there until 2020. Yeah. But other passages that declares the state shall be able to confiscate children and place them in whichever institution they want, regardless of their parents' will, is also set to be removed. So, I mean, if they really wanted, they could exercise. Yeah, they could have been like, it's in there.
2: I know that. I know that we're. We're trying to pretend like it's not, yeah. but like we can still enforce this. Yeah, up until 2020, it's crazy. They could have been like, "Well, your kid's not allowed to go here anymore. Yeah. Like, this is an all-white school now. We just decided." Yeah, that up until 2020. Yep, and they tried in 2004, and they yep. tried in 2014, ten, ten, ten years later. Yep, no, nah, that's great, man. <laughs> no, nah, that's awesome. I'm glad that they did that. You know, you know, and you know what, Marika, it does say a lot about Alabama. Yeah. It says. I'm never going to go down. Oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> you, know what that's you know what it says about Alabama? That they just yesterday desegregated yeah. schools on the books. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm good, man. Congratulations on that. I hope that you feel accomplished. Gr- good job. I'm sure she was very intricate. And I'm sure there was a fight. I'm sure that there were still people that voted no. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad that you ac- helped accomplish and that. Could, and, and and to be in the same room with those people. Oh, Tense man you know they were mumbling you know all kind of horrible stuff oh, sh- mumbling all kind of stuff underneath their breath
3: yeah so a uh, good job for her hey, representative man, gonna... lastly a passage regarding involuntary servitude being unlawful in the land except in the case of prisoners is being changed to a very fam- to a very similar passage from the federal constitution this particular article led according to ap to generations of black men spending their prison sentences in um backbreaking labor and so, this is yeah. Quit. So you 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 wanted to stop me from moving on yeah. to add that in. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel good? Do I feel good after reading that? I feel good that it's 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 changed. Yes. But okay. That it took so long. Uh, no. Uh, bittersweet. Let's call it bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. But in 2019, but I appreciate it. In 2019, cool. Alabama, you could have been a slave.
2: That's not what it said. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they said at all. <laughs>
2: Not to be an Alabama apologist, that's but I that's took. not what that's that's what, said. That. That's what you read. Yeah. I get it. I respect it. That's Almost, basically, close, basically, pretty you, much. You could just take somebody's child and go, yeah. "Hey, they can't go here." And, and and when you go to pick your child up from school, they're like, "No, they're not here." Somebody yeah. picked them up, yeah, <laughs> and took them to another school. Who? Uh We don't know. It doesn't we just matter. Let them, we let them yeah. take them because they can do that. Because you see here, Article Lost Seven, its, yeah. yeah, Article uh, uh Paragraph Seven, Article Three. They can just come and pick them up and take you wherever they yep. they want to. Yeah, that's not this school. Yep. So we didn't have, we couldn't say anything. So I don't know. I don't even know where to tell you where your kid is. <laughs> they could do that up until mid pandemic yeah. of last year. Yep. Wow. Well, like we said, in I the pandemic were, led to a lot of change. Were they bored. I don't know. Yeah. They're like. First of all, the schools <laughs> There's are closed. Nothing to do. The schools are closed. <laughs> the schools are closed. So let's just try to make let's some new changes while the schools are closed. And when they open, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, again, yeah, man, no, that's good vibes, man. I feel, I feel good. Um, a uh, friend, a show that I will recommend to you, and I didn't get to talk uh about on this podcast, and I won't get to talk about because you haven't watched it. But there's a there's a show on Amazon Prime called Lula Rich. It is a completely fascinating four part docu series about um legging scammers. This legger, this legging scamming company made billions of dollars. It was a multi level marketing scam. So in that regard, I feel like you'd be interested in it because I know you like that kind of stuff. Like yeah. Pyramid schemes and people hustling and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's called Lula Rich. Great docu-series. There's only four parts.
3: And is it like that show on HBO Max? That one oh, the playing? one about the scammers?
2: Yeah. It is, but just focuses on one scam. Oh, so it's okay. four parts about the one thing, but it is very much like, uh, damn, I can't remember. Today's... Hu- I can't remember what it is, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, so I watched that. Another thing... You definitely gotta watch this. What is it? You definitely. And everybody listening, you gotta watch this. Well, you don't. If you don't like gore, uh, violence, trippy, weird shit, then never mind, you don't. But, friend, it's, the sh- it's a show on Netflix called Squid Games.
3: Squid Games.
2: It's Hunger Games meets Battle Royale. Battle Royale was this, I think it was a Korean movie. Uh, it's such a good fucking movie, but it really reminds me of Battle Royale. It's like they go in Battle Royale, they drop off a bunch of school kids on the island and then it's like whoever survives survives. Then mm-hmm. they just all have they start killing each other, it's insane. So Squid Games is kind of it's got a little bit of Hunger Games, it's got a little bit of Battle Royale and a little bit of like The Price is Right. It's got the That's elements a of a yeah, it kind of. It's got the elements and the colors and the the whimsy of a game show, but then incredibly violent things happen. It's really good. What made you watch this. Um I it was this it, he started trending. I started, I started seeing people that I don't see talk about stuff on social media talk about this. Okay. And I was like, okay. And then it was like number one on the re- the uh, t- trending on Netflix. Mm. So it was like, first I saw people talking about it. Then I saw that. So Maybe I was like, okay, you know I mean? all right, okay. And it wasn't some stupid fucking movie starring Addison Rae or some TikTok person. Yeah. That's like a, a romantic comedy. So I knew it because I've seen that too, where that's the number one thing. And I'm like, a bunch of 11-year-olds are watching this. And that's why it's the number one thing. So,
3: do you, when you watch stuff, are you like picking times to watch, or you just go? No, the time—the time, the time is now. Watch.
2: Life is time is now, man. Carl Sagan has this quote that says, "The Earth is a small stage mm-hmm. in the arena that is the universe." Right. So, I don't think about time. Time is just a construct, bro. Who cares? What time? Am I up? Am I alive? Is <laughs> my heart beating?
3: I'm gonna fucking watch Squid Games. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, did you when you when you saw it, you was like, oh, I'm gonna watch that tonight. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so oh, okay. You, it's so tr- you did. You, so you picked the time to watch it,
2: but like, not tonight. I was like, I'm gonna watch it now. I'm just gonna put it on. So like you right down to, the moment.
3: Oh, you just. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't do that.
2: You need to be prepared and like I rested. Mean, like, I'll watch it tomorrow and follow it. But down. then you don't. I know. Did you watch uh perfect nine perfect strangers?
3: No, I haven't caught it. <laughs> I haven't watched anything. You're never gonna watch I it mean, again. I am. You're never gonna watch it I again. Am. No, you're not. I am gonna watch it again. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch TV. You pump
2: fake me, bro, and I knew this was gonna I happen. Like the show. You pump fake me. This is I the did. longest. This is the longest pump fake you've ever pulled on me. So How? I respect it. I commend you for it because you went deep. It's like you. It's like you extra played me because you went. You like took it deep. You got me into it. It was yeah. like yeah. No, we're watching the show together. What about this part? This yeah. part was crazy. We getting into it, and then you're like, nah, I just stopped watching.
3: No, I didn't. I didn't say that. I said, uh, I had, you, but I you did had it. You didn't watch. say it, but I, you did it. I haven't had time to watch.
2: You didn't say it, but you're in the middle of it. I haven't it.
3: watched anything though. Uh,
2: you didn't say it, but you're in the middle of doing it, and then no. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask you again next week, and then the week after that, and then a week after that, and I'm gonna stop asking you, and then we're just never gonna watch it, finish watching it.
3: No, because I just haven't watched anything. It's not like I just was like, I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm Watch something else. I haven't watched anything. I don't think it's that much
2: intention in any, Anything that that you do as far as TV, I think you just are like, oh, so.
3: No, I just I fell off. I
2: fell off. And I haven't I can't watched get back anything. though. No.
3: I haven't watched the show I was telling you about. It's, about it's, the it's, it's uh, cool, what's name? I cool. haven't had a chance to watch
2: it. It's cool, bro. It's cool, bro. I mean, I'm not. You're not gonna. Give me the answer that I'm looking for, which is What's that you're never going to watch the show. I am
3: going to watch it. I like the show. Okay. Okay. I just, I'm not watching anything right now, though.
2: Okay, bro. Okay. Well, you right, finish?
3: Well, let me know when you want
2: to finish watching Non-Perfect Strangers, okay?
3: I'm going a, I'm to a finish. I was past you. I know that. And
2: then you stopped watching it, and I caught up, and now you're not watching it anymore. Because I haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay. Well, I hope you get a chance. And when you do, let me yeah. know, and then we can finish watching. Do you what? have any recommendations that you haven't watched anything? No, you I not listening haven't watched... to music or anything?
3: Um, you know, I saw this to a playlist like, going to bed? Okay. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh. you. So you listen to music while sleeping?
2: Yeah. It's called... Um. I can tell you What is the device you use?
3: The thing... The, what's the name? You have a sleeping headband. headband? Yeah. Oh, I didn't
2: know. Did I put you on yeah. to that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. For people who don't know, uh, people look at me like I'm crazy sometimes. But at home, I can do it, obviously, at a hotel or on a trip or something like that. But when I'm at home and I'm sleeping in my own bed, I do like... I wear a a headband with speakers inside of it. And yeah. I like to listen to podcasts or music as I'm going to sleep because the TV, I used to sleep with the TV on. Yeah, But then it's too bright, you know, and, and, and then you wake up in the middle of the night, weird commercials on. At least that's how it used to be. Now it's just wake up and the, the Rick and Morty is still playing, yeah. you know. But so I decided to cut the TV off and go to podcasts, go to music on my phone. And then the room's dark, but you're still getting that, like, just something, something, something to soothe you to sleep. Yeah. So you've been listening to what? I've been listening to it's called Bedtime Beats. Oh, okay. I yeah. like the uh the art on that. So yeah. is it is it is it instrumentals, it's instrumentals. or I like that. Yeah. Okay, so just chill instrumentals. Yeah. Do they got a little bit of bass to them? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. But I can't do ocean sounds and stuff nah, like that. Me either. I can't do that. Birds and all that stuff. Put that, that, that on gone. Yeah. Okay, I, I was jamming, mm-hmm. and then I was out. Yeah, that's 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 how I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. to, I like to go to sleep like this. I got my hands on my I got my hands on my uh, on my on my face. Yeah, you know, like in a Jesus palm because I don't put my face right on the pillow. I put them right on, because back you of my hands. Is hand? cold, yeah, back of my hands cold. And uh, Ebenezer Scrooge used to sleep like that, so I like to emulate him. <laughs> Why? Because he was rich, and I want to get rich. So I like to sleep like him. I have <laughs> right. my little hat. Like i got my little hat.
3: You got Ebenezer Scrooge hat.
2: I got Ebenezer Scrooge yeah, hat, yeah. and I sleep in a big shirt. And then uh, so <laughs> I'm going to sleep, and I like to go. <laughs> Because I'm lie. listening to a podcast, so I like hear funny jokes, and then I laugh a couple times, and then I just wake up in this morning time.
0: Yeah, And I wake up with
3: that thing around my neck. Oh, because the neck was off.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. it's, like, <laughs> it's on the floor <laughs> and shit. Phone dying.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it. It. Listen, I'm not. Here. It, only, it's, it only works for you to get into sleep, and after that, yeah. Because once you start rolling around way. and rubbing around, you
2: wake <laughs> up. It's like half around your neck half, you look like you got a uh, headache bag on you know it's, it's on your chin it's like it's on your chin to the top of your head the music's playing nobody has a headache eyes. bag except you <laughs> <laughs> i no i don't i disagree with that i think that there's a you know there's a coalition of folks that represent having headache bags no we got to keep the we gotta keep it alive No,
3: where is that thing
2: where is it? Yeah. It's in a box somewhere right now. <laughs> but it's you know it's, it's coming with me. It'll be at my next location. I got to keep the headache bag on deck. I could put that on display. I Got to let people know I'm like an apothecary. That's I got right all kind of stuff right. in here. I keep. I like to keep. <laughs> I like to just keep eclectic shit around, man. You know. I, I got. I got a machine that can make snow out of. Uh, I mean, make ice cream out of snow. Why? Just because I like it. I like the look of it. Reminds me. Of my, reminds thing? me of my grandmother. No, I got that from a thrift store. Oh. But you like put the snow in, you crank it around, and you then you do it you yourself. Yeah, it's a hand crank. But then it's it not my dad, man. He got all kinds of crazy. Yeah, he but got sometimes sh- it feels he good. He got <laughs> a
3: thing where you put the
2: apple on the on the. It takes the, the skin off. And it take the skin off. I was looking into one of that those. i was thinking about copying one of those. I don't have a lot of kitchen counter space at my next location, so I don't have the investment to have all my stuff out. My little yeah. my little knickknacks. He got
3: a milkshake a milkshake uh, thing. Like handmade milkshakes. No, you like it's like the the silver piece and the thing go down. Oh, to make malt. Yeah, yeah. See, now I'm into that. <laughs>
2: No, nah, I mean, your dad got to chop it up. It's crazy. I didn't know he had a malt maker. Oh, he's at the thrift
3: store all the time.
2: Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> I, 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 I share that sentiment. I like to find all kinds of things that you make little intricate. Hand, you, sometimes you do it the hand carving way, and it just has a little bit more yeah, personal. but that stuff
3: builds up. Then you become a hoarder. Oh, then you got shit everywhere. That is a concern of mine. <laughs> but it's
2: worth it to have a really jazzy headache bag. Whatever, man. <laughs> well, you'll, you know what? We'll see who's wrong the next time you have a headache. And on that note, I, I've been Alvin, <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to get us out of here, okay? <laughs> well, we'll see how you feel the next time you have a toothache. Anyway, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Frantzell Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Cheers.